Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Bucks game is over. And now, it's time for the longest-running Pro Hoops post-game show in Milwaukee. Hear from the players. The most important thing, we trust one another. What happened, we trust one another, and uh, that's why we came up with uh, the win. The head coach. And that's when we're at our best. You know, Giannis is great about attacking, and then when teams, like, teammates are open, he shares it, and they make shots. And the fans. It feels good to get the monkey off the back. Honestly, we've been waiting so many years for this to actually finally happen. And honestly, I, I can't remember a more likable Bucks team than the one we have right here. This is the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. Presented by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. Now, here's Steve Sparky Pfeiffer on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Curtains. That's a wrap. It's over. Dunzo, going home, whatever you want to call it. The Bucks season is no more. Losers in Game 6 of the East Finals. 194, the Toronto Raptors come on top, winning a fourth straight game, taking them to the NBA Finals. What's going on, Bucks fans? Anthony Mandela with you tonight. Ryan Horvat alongside Evan Heffelfinger producing the show. 414-799-1250. Let's not waste any time. And make no mistake about it, this was a historically great Bucks season. It was also a historically great, or I guess awful, collapse in Bucks history. Not that they lost in the East Finals, but the way they did it. Am I, are we in agreement there, fellas? Yeah, extremely disappointing. Extremely disappointing. Um, not everybody thought this series was a wrap. That's why it's a seven-game series. Win the first two at home, and then just an epic collapse. This is a team that didn't lose three straight basketball games all season long. And you lose four straight. You know, you lose in Toronto tonight. You lose at home at the Pfizer Forum with the season on the line. Because, I mean, that's what it all came down to. The Bucks were shook after that loss. And, you know, kind of the problems that I thought that they might run into. And I hate to be that guy, but just nobody that could create their own shot in the fourth quarter. And that was the difference in this game, in this series, is the Raptors had the better player. I'm not saying the player with the higher ceiling. I still think Giannis, when it's all said and done, could be, if not the best, one of the best to ever play the game. But right now, Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion, is the best player in the NBA. If you want to rank him 1B next to Kevin Durant, that's fine. But he took this series over. He didn't... I mean, he he had a great game tonight. 27 points, 17 boards, 13 defensive boards, 7 assists. But who beat you tonight was Kyle Lowry, who was 6 of 10 from the floor, 3 of 4 from 3, 17 points, and Fred Van Fleet who is 5-6 from the floor, 4-5 from 3 for 14 points. So Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet hit 7 of 9 threes tonight. And that's that's where you got beat. And nobody could create their own shot. You're not running any offense. Nobody could get a bucket in the fourth quarter. Middleton, I'm disappointed. Eric Bledsoe, you paid him. You locked him up. And where was he at with the season on the line? On the bench because you couldn't play him in the fourth quarter. Disappointing. Middleton, I know. I mean, so so he was great defensively at times in this series, and and he struggled defensively at times in this series. Game five, he pretty much ran the offense for him. 
through him, I should say. Double-digit assists, double-digit rebounds. But you needed more from him offensively. If he's a max player, you get more from him offensively. Just a disappointing end of the season. You get outscored in the fourth quarter, 29-18. to 18. You just couldn't buy a bucket. And that was the problem that I was... That's, that's what I was afraid of all season long. In the playoffs, you need somebody that could get your grown man buckets. You want to know why Toronto couldn't get past LeBron James for the past four years? Because Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan can't get grown man buckets in the fourth quarter. You know who can? Kawhi Leonard. I meant DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, if I didn't say that. I'm, I'm pretty rattled. I mean, you... Oh, just disappointing. You know, it, it, we were all declaring the series over. You got a 2-0 lead. Just an epic collapse. You shoot 12-34 from three tonight. You actually, they out-rebounded the Raptors. But when it counted... They were you, nowhere. You fall asleep on the glass on the weak side. You know, you, you can't, you, every possession matters. I said that on Friday on, on, on the Chuck and Winkler show. Every possession matters in the playoffs. The stupid turnovers... That's not how you win in the playoffs. Every possession matters. You get 21 from Giannis tonight, 14 from Middleton. You know, shout out to Brooke Lopez there in the fourth quarter who tried to take the game over. 5 of 12 from the floor, 8 of 9 from the charity stripe. Giannis misses five free throws tonight, 5 of 10, 7 of 18 from the floor. Just disappointing. 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 That's this game, that's this series in one word, but it's the final... Pro Hoops postgame show of the season. We'll take your calls not only on tonight's game, but on your reflection on the playoffs on the season that was for the 2018-19 Milwaukee Bucks. There's plenty to be upset about. There's plenty to be positive about. This team won 60 games in the regular season. I understand that regular season wins are a poor man's trophy, a loser's trophy, if you want to call it that. But make no mistake about it, and I know we're going to get these calls tonight, Ryan. I know. And I would be willing to bet we see you lined up on hold here, Dan, Bruce, Trey, Riley. I'm not saying any of you guys are going to have this take, but I know we're going to get the take of blow it up, this doesn't work. Can we just take a pause here to open the show, just a moment of perspective. This was year one of a coaching regime, Mm -hmm. year one of many great that we can all agree are still to come for your superstar player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And you made it this far. You won 60 games in the regular season. And you did it with almost nothing in the East Finals from players not named Giannis Antetokounmpo. And you did it without any two players hot or taking over in any one game. You got to this point. Tell me one game in the playoffs in which multiple players had not necessarily career nights. It was one guy every night putting the team on his back and everybody else pitching in. Yeah, This is the floor as it stands right now. And I understand that the owners have an option right now. They're going to have to consider going to the luxury tax if they want to bring this whole squad back and playoff cohesiveness in terms of years to come if they want to go out and get a maybe a true Supermax player on the open market. There's a lot of big-name free agents about to hit the market this year. If you want to go Superstar A and Superstar B and Giannis and somebody else and just hope that they're enough, if you want to build it bottom-up and maybe reinvent the NBA with the deepest bench and the best overall starting five, not the most star power, but the best roster in the NBA, and you want to see if you can get it done that way, fine. But there are a lot of decisions looming for this organization. Yeah, I mean, and and here's the problem, okay? So you had the 60-win season, and you have Giannis, who's the top three-player in the NBA, most likely going to win MVP, and he deserves it for the regular season. But the problem is... To be perfectly he- honest... People keep saying that he he only you know he deserves it for the regular season. He didn't earn it. He earned it in the playoffs. 
He was the only guy night in, night out that showed up for this Bucks basketball team, and they came within two games of going to the NBA Finals where he put the team on his back and nobody else could be bothered to score 20 points a night. Yeah, and this, and this Toronto, Toronto defensively was outstanding after game two. Nick Nurse, he ate Mike Budenholzer alive. And I knew Budenholzer did make some adjustments tonight. Uh, Nico gets a did-not-play-coach's decision. You shorten up your rotation, went eight deep. Uh, you know, George Hill played 32 off the bench. Urson uh, played 22 minutes off the bench. Connaughton played 10 minutes. So you shorten up the rotation. Giannis played 41 minutes. Middleton played 41 minutes. He did make some adjustments, but Nick Nurse ate him alive. Let's be honest. I like Bud. I love Bud, but... You know, I I had no respect for Nick Nurse coming into this series. Nor did and, I. And I, I sure as hell do now. And the problem is, okay, I look at the 60-win season, and you fall short because, and this is what scares me, nobody could buy a bucket in the fourth quarter. You don't have a guy that could create his own shot. You don't have a closer. And, and you need one. As good as Giannis is, he's not there. He, Giannis, there's two things I want to see from Giannis. Everybody talks about the three-point shot. I'm so sick of hearing about the three-point shot. And tonight, Giannis, um, two of five from three. I want to see Giannis work on his post game. That's what he needs to work on, the post game. He needs to work on hitting free throws. Five of ten again from the charity stripe tonight. That's what I want to see from Giannis. And he's a superstar, don't get me wrong. But Middleton needs to be better. And I preach, and I'm a big Middleton guy. I, I and I know I've said give him the max if you if you got to keep this team together, but five of thirteen tonight, four of eight from three, but you just couldn't take the game over in the fourth quarter. You can't rely on Brooke Lopez to take over a game in the fourth quarter. I love Brooke Lopez. Bring him back, but you cannot rely on him to be... You're not running the offense through Brooke Lopez in the fourth quarter on a championship team. You just paid Eric Bledsoe, and he's on the bench in the fourth quarter. Eight points tonight? I mean, seven assists, five boards, but he took nine shots. Three and nine. Brogdon, three of six, ten points. You don't have... You need another superstar. And what scares me is you look at the East, the Eastern Conference is only going to get better. I mean, even if Kawhi leaves Toronto, which I don't know what's happening now. They're going to the NBA Finals. I think Kawhi's mind's made up already. Is he going to L.A.? Is he going to stay in Toronto? I mean, you're going to the NBA Finals. We'll see what happens against Golden State. But, I mean, you got the rumors of Kevin Durant going to New York, joining up maybe with Kyrie Irving, unless Kyrie goes to L.A. Like, the East is only going to get better. I still think, and this Bucks team, I mean, this is year one, like you said, Anthony, and you won 60 games. You were two games away from an appearance in the NBA Finals. But still, you need another guy that could close out. You need another superstar to pair with Giannis. And I hate to say it, but I don't think it's Chris Middleton. And I love Middleton. Bring him back if you can, but I just don't see you bringing everybody back and you need another superstar in there. I don't know who it is. I don't know which free agent you're bringing over. But 5 of 13 from your second All-Star, not good enough. You you were getting at a little bit there with Eric Blood. So when you mentioned two games away, I mentioned two games away. But really, when you boil this down, we're not talking about a Bucks team that in these four losses got shelled or run off the court multiple times. You were seven points away. Mm-hmm. Seven points. And you know how you get seven points? You get seven points from Eric Bledsoe giving you more than eight. You get seven points from Giannis Antetokounmpo being able to hit free throws. Yeah, you can't miss nine you get free seven throws points in a playoff game. Right. from getting not zero, but anything at all off the bench from Pat Connaughton. Mm-hmm. You get seven points from Nikola Mirotic being able to play enough on both ends of the court, to actually be on the court in the first place. There's a lot of ways to get seven points. The Bucks had opportunities to win it, mm-hmm. and that's what's the most frustrating about this. And, I, and we have to give a shout-out to the front office because you went all-in this season. You saw what you had, and you went all-in. I'm not going to brag on the Meritich pickup. That was a great pickup, but the problem with Nico, and I said this when they made the pickup, when they made the trade, was when he's good, he's good. I mean, he's streaky. When he's good, he's good. 
But the problem with Nico is even when he goes out there and he gives you 23, he's most likely giving up 21 or 24. So when he's bad and he's giving you seven points and he's giving up 25, and he's not doing anything on the defensive glass, on the offensive glass. He's not distributing the basketball. He's he's killing you out there. And so, you know, and, and with Eric Bledsoe, now he's wrapped up. And the only problem I had is I would have waited. And I was on the I was on the bandwagon all year, too, because he took care of the basketball. He looked great with a real head coach and a real offensive system playing under Bud. But the problem is the last two years in the playoffs, and that's all we he has a short sample size in the playoffs, Bledsoe does, because he in Phoenix, he didn't do anything, obviously. But in the last two years, he hasn't showed up in the playoffs, and now you locked him up. So that's my problem. See, going back to what Anthony said, the thing that's probably the most disappointing to me is that we choked. I mean, we weren't expecting to win 60 games this year. It was a new coach, mm-hmm. new players. Um, we weren't expecting to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. We were hoping to just win one playoff series. Right. And we stormed through those first two. We win the first two games of the series, and you think this might actually be the team to stop it. Yeah. And then they crash. And what sucks, man, and I hate to be this guy and— I just I see it in the NBA all the time, and you're like, okay, they'll be back. They'll be back. And I said that with the Oklahoma City Thunder when it was James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook on that squad. You just never know. Injuries happen with the TV money. I mean, just money happens, keeping well, all these guys. And so you just never know if you're going to get back. You went all in this year, and so I know that we said win a playoff series, but it just wasn't good enough for me. Who this knows who's wasn't gonna good be, enough for me. Who knows who's going to be on this team next year? There's a lot of free agents, a lot of key free agents. Oh, well, we know Eric Bledsoe will be on this team next yeah. year. Well, we'll put it this way. You got this far, and I understand that through the course of the regular season, some of these guys gave you more than they gave you in this round of the playoffs. But you didn't need 60 wins to get to this point in the playoffs. You needed Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. And so if you're talking about, well, as long as we can get 20-something from Giannis, and 15 from six other guys, we're going to be good. You don't need to bring any of these guys back. You can find 100 guys in the NBA to give you 15 a night. Mm-hmm. You really can. Every single player not named Giannis Antetokounmpo in this series proved exactly why they don't deserve to be paid. Yeah, and, and I was all for Middleton getting paid because he didn't get to pick his spots on the floor, and I know maybe he wasn't comfortable offensively in Bud's system throughout the season. He was your your workhorse defensively. He had games where when he wasn't giving you anything offensively, he was doing things on the other end. He was distributing the basketball better than he ever has. But just tonight, the stupid turnover where he gets he gets pickpocketed from behind, and it's just little things like that. Somebody said it best last year. They're like, Middleton, man, whenever he's out there, he's just the coolest guy on the court. Like, I want to see so- something from him. Like, wake up. I want to just scream at the TV, wake up. Everybody was lollygagging around. Every possession matters. It's the Eastern Conference Finals. Your season was on the line. And you're not boxing out on the weak side. It's just... The little things, just the little things, and, and that was the difference with Toronto. And that's the difference between having Giannis, who's great, but a 24-year-old, and this is his first success in the playoffs because last year they got bounced, and having Kawhi Leonard, a finals MVP, a former defensive player of the year. He was the best player in the series because he's one of the best players in the league. And he didn't necessarily win. I mean, he won you the series, but what happened was guys stepped up. Kyle Lowry, who has been historically bad in the playoffs, decided, I'm going to hit some shots. Fred Van Vliet hit more threes plays. in Game 5 than he had ever hit in a game in his NBA career. That's Ryan Horvat. I'm Anthony Mandela. Evan Heffelfinger alongside producing the show. It is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show presented by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza on the final game of the Bucks season. They fall to the Raptors 100-94 in Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals. 414-799-1250. You've heard from us. It's time to hear from you. Dan in Sussex has been hanging on. Dan, you're on the fan. What do you got for us, buddy? 
Gentlemen, how are you? I'm doing well. I'll put it this way. <laughs> I, I'm always trying to be optimistic. I always say I'm doing good. I could be better, Dan. I could be better. Right, right. No, and I, I've been listening to all your opening comments, and, 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 I'm, and I'm right there with you. I'm a first-time caller. I haven't called in all year, and, and I, I watched. Appreciate you know, it, Dan. I, I watched uh, from start to finish this playoffs, and for whatever reason, uh, and, uh, the Bucks just seemed to be a different team when it really counted than they were all season long. Um, but to me, given, make no mistake about it, you guys said it. I mean, Toronto was thoroughly the best, the better team. Uh, I'm very impressed with that team, the way they play defense. Um, to me, it kind of came down to the let it fly theory. The let it fly theory didn't, and in the end, didn't matter. It didn't uh, take shape because they, the Bucks missed their open threes, and every any time the Raptors really needed a big open three, they did it. So um, I think uh, Toronto ended up just ended up being the better team. I, I think the the spotlight was a little too big for uh, the Bucks when it counted uh, in the heat of the moment. And like I said, I I, I called in at the uh, when the Brewers lost the seventh game, and I kind of felt the same way. You, you had your opportunity, and, and who knows when they're going to get back to this, uh, have a chance to kind of get back in this uh, hopefully soon. Um, I just think that was kind of a you know, deer in the headlights type thing. That, uh, they, they maybe just, there was too much of a spotlight, and, and they just couldn't handle it in this, uh, the first time they were, they were in, the, in that. So we'll have to see. I, I, I think it's been said the last uh, couple of months that. Uh, you know, was everybody good with them just getting to the Easter Conference Finals? Well, I mean, they dominated the first two games. Well, I shouldn't say the first, the, the second game they dominated. Everybody thought the series was over, and for whatever reason, the, the switch just uh, went the other way, and, and Toronto decided that uh, they were going to just take over themselves. So um, I think the Bucks fans need to, to you know, keep uh, keep their chin up, and and uh, they got some good players. But uh, and I didn't, and I, maybe you guys can correct me. Was it seventy-two to fifty-seven when they had that fifteen-point lead, and then they just, for whatever reason, they just didn't do anything after that. Yeah, something like that. I know they were up thirty-one eighteen after call, the Dan. first and Dan, quarter. Please don't wait until the final game of the season <laughs> next year to call us. We're on after every Bucks game. I will. I will. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. And Dan made a great point. We're just. So here, here's a couple things that I took away from this series. Mainly, you look at Toronto's roster. Playoff experience in the NBA matters more than any other sport. It doesn't matter in baseball. Don't care what you say. It doesn't matter. If you're hot, you're hot. It doesn't matter in the NFL. I mean, playoff experience matters none. Look at, the, look, look at Jared Goff up until the Super Bowl this year. You have guys that have played in the playoffs. You have Kawhi Leonard, NBA champion, finals MVP. You have Marcus Saul. You have Kyle Lowry, who Serge took Ibaka his bumps and bruises. played in the finals. He played in the finals. You had Danny Green, won an NBA championship in San Antonio. So you had the playoff experience. And where I kind of noticed, so it was all, when, 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 when you face some adversity, all right, the Bucks crumbled. Unfortunately, they did because they're a young team. I know we hate to say that when Jason Kidd would say it, we'd rip them. They're not that young. But Giannis is 24 years old. I noticed when they faced some adversity, Giannis said all the right things, but I, I didn't really feel it. Whereas when the Raptors were down 0-2, we saw the post-game interview, and they asked Kawhi, they're like, what happens? Where do you guys go from here? And he said, we go back to Toronto. And he just, he, 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 there's just a confidence in Kawhi because he's been there. He's seen it all. He's won he a championship. If, he knows that the game only changes if you let it change. And he just, and the moment was never too big for them where – that's what you saw in the fourth quarter. Everybody was scared to take that final shot. Nobody wanted to take the final shot. Giannis changed. The problem was Giannis got in his own head because he couldn't hit free throws in this series. He didn't play the game that he he, he didn't play his game because he was so afraid to get into the basket and getting fouled and missing free throws and airballing another free throw that he was in his own head. 
That's my theory. He changed the the way that he played basketball all year long. In all four of these losses, too, you, there was a moment in the fourth quarter of each game in which you could see it in the Bucks' faces, in their body language, that they knew it needed to go their way, and it wasn't. The frustration was palpable. Yeah. And that's the difference between a championship team and a team that's really good, but not there yet. 414-799-1250. Taking your calls on the game, the season, really anything Bucks you want to talk about. It's your last chance to talk to us on the Probes postgame show until we get to what will hopefully be next year's championship season. Bruce in West Dallas, thanks for hanging on. You're on the fan. Hey, how you, how you doing? Um, you know what? I've been watching this whole series. I'm going to say this. Their free throws costume mm-hmm. and this last game, their turnovers. Their, their turnovers, man, just they had eight turnovers by halftime. Yeah. And Toronto, Toronto had seven. I said, man, they, and I, 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 I told my friend, um, I told one of my friends, I said, the only way they're going to win this game is they have to have five turnovers or less to win this game. They just couldn't do it. I don't think, I don't think they could handle the pressure because I, I knew that I knew that the pressure was building up, but the turnovers and, and the free throws, like I said, they just cost them the game. They just, they just, they just cost them. I'm sorry, man, but they just cost it. No need for an apology. Thanks, Bruce, for the call. Yeah, we're with uh, you, man. The turnovers not only in vol- volume but in timing. It, and that it, it exactly. wasn't. It wasn't that the Toronto Raptors went out there in these four games that you lost and outplayed you for the course of 48 minutes. They outplayed you, but outplayed you to a level that was almost unheralded for about five minutes in every game, where they somehow and part of it's. Luck, part of it's mis-execution on the Bucks, and part of it is just outstanding execution by a very good basketball team, the Toronto Raptors. But they had the Bucks doing things that I've never seen them do all season, just blindly throwing, chucking up balls, trying to split double teams, driving to the lane, dribbling, dribbling behind their back or through their legs, or trying to fight a quadruple team with three guys open on the wing. It's just all things that the Bucks never did. And it was those moments, those runs, and a lot of them came in the fourth quarter at the worst possible time. And it it cost the Bucks. It absolutely cost the Bucks this series. It was when, like I said before, it was seven points. It was probably two games realistically of these four losses that they were the better team for the majority of the minutes on that court. And it was about ten bad minutes. Yeah. Ten bad minutes in this series is the difference between the Bucks going to the finals and the Bucks going home. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Trey in Waukesha, you're on the fan. Hey, so I, I, after listening to you guys' open comments, uh, I don't know who it was, um, but the opening comments that uh, they calmed me down a little bit. But here's what I'm gonna say: the Bucks. I mean, as as far as a leader, Giannis should have stepped up a little more. I mean, his free throw shots. I think are what costed the team. I mean, maybe I'm a little exaggerating, but I mean, our free throw shots weren't there today in all of the games throughout the series, it seemed like. I mean, it felt like we got lucky the first two games we won. I mean, we dominated that one game. The second game when we won by, I think it was eight or something like that, we shouldn't have won that game. I mean, yeah. to be honest, we haven't we haven't played as a team. We look, we look, we have looked defeated ever since game, was it game three when they won? Or, yeah, game Game three, three was the double overtime loss. Yeah, that, ever, ever since game three, we just looked defeated. I mean, I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. I'll let you guys commentate. I, I'm just gonna say we just looked defeated. So no, I mean, not, appreciate the call, Trey. And, and okay, so I'm with you. I mean, I'm not gonna rag on Giannis because 
Now, where, where are you without now, Giannis? And also, let's look at the NBA. Okay, to have playoff success, somebody please, anybody out there, 414-799-1250, you could tweet us, 1057FM, the fan. Let me know of a player that just figured it out right away because I remember Michael Jordan having to take his bumps and bruises and getting eliminated from the Pistons every single year until he finally, the Pistons got old. I mean, that's what happened. They got old, he got stronger, he got better. He developed the uh, fadeaway jumper. He got better. LeBron James had to take his bumps and bruises from Boston. LeBron James lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Orlando Magic, a team that was led by Dwight Howard and Jameer Nelson. Hey, Turkaloo. Yeah. Nobody else on that squad. Everybody has to Davis, take their bumps and bruises. I believe is in prison now. So I'm not going to rag on Giannis because he's 24 years old. He gave you 21 tonight. He gave you three blocks. He gave you 11 rebounds. He It was the supporting cast. Let it fly. Now, yeah, but you fair. live and die by the three, and that's the thing. And I know that's how the NBA game has changed. Everybody just shoots threes, but guys weren't knocking down their jumpers. You can't go 12 of 34 from the three-point line and win in a series when you're playing against one of the best players in the league under like Kawhi Leonard. So that's my point, though, is that I'm not ready to just rag on Giannis here because Michael Jordan had to take his bumps and bruises. Kobe Bryant had to take bumps and bruises. Actually, he probably figured out more than anybody or had success early on because he had Shaquille O'Neal with him. But that's my point is, you know, Jordan needed Pippen before he could win, right? LeBron needed Dwayne Wade before he could win, right? He had to go to Miami. He had to leave Cleveland to win. I mean, let's not even bring that up and start talking craziness right now with Giannis potentially ever leaving Milwaukee. But what I'm saying is I'm not ready to um, – I'm not putting any blame on Giannis. I'm putting blame on everybody else on that floor, mainly Eric Bledsoe. And I hate to be, you know, the bearer of bad news, but he was awful in the playoffs, the entire playoffs. Yeah, and he – Not just you know, the series. Not – and again, you said it right there. Not ragging on Giannis. To be critical of Giannis, fine. Fair. Got to hit free To throws. rag on him, absolutely out of the question. You hit the nail on the head, I think, Ryan. He was the only reason you got to this point. He was the only reason you were in – any of the games, these four that you lost, but then in defense of callers like Trey and those that think like him, there are aspects of Giannis's game yeah. that in certain regards did cost you. He's not a good free throw shooter. So in a close game, when he his game is in the post, bodies and bodies get just getting thrown at each other, and he's going to go to the strike, that's something he has to get better at. Yeah. But you mentioned it right there, Ryan, too. And 414-799-1250, tweet at us at 1057FM, the fan. I'm hard-pressed to think of a guy in NBA history, let alone a 24-year-old in his first Eastern Conference Finals, who's getting put in situations where he has to try to fight off quadruple teams and still rattles off 21 points a night. And that was the thing. Giannis was hammered this entire series. That Toronto defense wasn't only good, but they were physical. And you know what? You know why he was getting hammered? Not because Giannis couldn't play. Not because Giannis was having an off night or because Giannis needed to give you more, but because at the start of the game, he would drive, maybe a double team. He would dish it out. Nobody could knock down a shot. So what reason do they have to defend anybody not named Giannis Antetokounmpo? Leave four guys in the lane and see if he can do something. And I'm not defending. But when nobody can hit a shot, it kind of eliminates Giannis from the game. Right. And it's not just because he only has a post game. If Giannis had a mid-range, if he had a three-point shot, either way, you had Giannis on the floor who needed to be defended and four other guys who you could have left on an island. Yeah. I mean, the thing about they just Giannis, weren't hitting shots. And we know he's just going to come back better because he does every single season. He's going to add Rookie something year, to his He came game. back bigger, faster, stronger. Mm-hmm. Second year, he came back with better court vision, better ability to pass the ball. Third year, he came back better somehow at scoring the basketball. And this year, he comes back from the offseason after working with Kobe Bryant with all of a sudden not the Mamba mentality. He doesn't have the Mamba mentality, but fearless, yeah. the attitude. 
He's come back with a new wrinkle in his game every offseason. I don't see why that would change this time around. This is the Pick and Save Probes postgame show presented by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. I'm Anthony Mandela. That's Ryan Horvath. Evan Heffelfinger producing the show tonight on the other side of the glass. We're going to continue to take your calls all night long. Keep them coming as we continue to break down the Bucks' 194 loss and eliminating loss in Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Look back on the season that was. Anything you have to say, anything Bucks basketball you got, positive, negative, worried, excited for the future, we got you right here. You keep it locked. You got the fan. How did tonight's game add up? Let's go inside the box score. Brought to you by ABC Audio Video. Home entertainment and commercial audio video. Simply done right. ABCAudioVideo.com. This is the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops Post Game Show. Presented by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. One hundred ninety-four in favor of the Raptors. That was the final score from Scotia Bank Arena in Toronto. The Bucks lose, eliminated in Game Six. The Toronto Raptors moving on. They're going to meet the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals coming up later this week. Taking you inside the box score. I'm Anthony Mandela. Ryan Horvat with us tonight as well as is Evan Heffelfinger producing the show. Giannis Antetokounmpo, twenty-one points. Two of five from the three-point line. Five of ten from the free-throw line. Eleven rebounds. Eight of them on the defensive end. Three of them on the offensive end. He had four assists, two steals, three blocks, and two turnovers had Giannis Antetokounmpo. After that, pick your poison as to what might have been the thorn in the Bucks' side tonight. Chris Middleton, 14 points, four rebounds. No assists. Eric Bledsoe, eight points, seven assists, five rebounds. Malcolm Brogdon, 10 points, two assists, a steal, and three rebounds. Brooke Lopez, outside of Giannis Antetokounmpo, the next best thing for the Bucs tonight. He finished with just 18, nine boards, an assist, and three blocks. He was eight of nine from the free throw line. Your three-point leader tonight, Chris Middleton. He hit four. He was four of eight. The Bucs overall, 12 of 34 from deep, just 35 0.3%. Just to give you a comparison real quick, the Raptors, 44.4% from deep in this one. A lot of things inside this box score that you could point at as the reason that the Milwaukee Bucks lost this game. I have a feeling that a lot of the reason the Bucks lost this game weren't the things that you see in the box score. It's the things that they're, they're going to be talking about in the locker room and on the plane ride home. The mental aspect, the lack of emotional control, the lack of emotional maturity that got the best of them. At certain times, Mike Budenholzer was outcoached. He just was. It happens. And you know what? The Raptors executed really well. For all we know, Mike Budenholzer was drawing up plays that were twice as good as Nick Nurse. Nobody on the Bucks could execute anything. Unless your name was Giannis, nobody executed in crunch time. They were off on their switches. They weren't hitting open shots. They couldn't find shots. They couldn't find the open man. They couldn't draw fouls. They couldn't hold on to the ball. You name it. Mike Budenholzer can only do so much. Doesn't mean he's not at fault. There's just plenty of blame to go around. 
414-799-1250. Get back out to your phone calls. Jim in Chicago, you're on the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show. Hey, good evening, guys. Yeah, you know what? It, it is a disappointing loss, but let's let's kind of step back a little bit. I got a couple things to, to point out here. Hmm. You know, number one, I don't think we expected to be here at the beginning of the season, but once the season started rolling, everybody thought, well, we should win the title this year. But here's the thing. Our guys that had the playoff experience are on the downsides of their careers, so we can't really you know, depend on them right. to, uh, to be the guys that are going to carry the team. And the thing is with Giannis, for crying out loud, guy's 24. Seven years ago, he was selling trinkets in the streets of Greece somewhere. And, you know, the thing is, Jordan was 28 when he won his first uh, title eventually. I think for as good of a season that Giannis has had, we haven't even touched his ceiling yet. We're not even close to it. And, he, and he's got so much more to go. So I think really right now it's incumbent upon the front office to, keep number one, keep Giannis here, and then number two, to be able to surround him with the players that are going to take him to the next level. And, and as we look at the offseason, you know, our, our core guys did not have the playoff experience at this level. They've never been there. You know, Middleton, Bledsoe, those guys. And the thing is, I think the, the, one of the decisions we're going to have to make is, is you know, is it going to be uh, – uh, Middleton, or is it going to be uh, uh, Brogdon that we end up keeping around here? And 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 then who are we going to filter in to be the uh, you know the veteran influence with the team? What if uh, Middleton and Brogdon? What if neither of them want to come back? Yeah, that would that would be tough. I, I, I you know what between the two of them, mm-hmm. I think Brogdon is the guy that can really take us there. I think his leadership abilities go beyond what his you know abilities on the floor are. And I think that he brings a brings a whole different aspect to the team. That's that's the only thing with Brogdon. I I wouldn't be as upset losing Middleton. I think if it was between the two of them, but I think I think Brogdon really has something there. He's he's got some leadership qualities that that we really need. I think thanks I, for the call, Jim. I think Brogdon earned himself a lot of money in that series. Whereas, I mean, I was half joking when I said I feel like Chris Middleton played himself into a max contract last season in the playoffs against Boston, and then in. In, in this entire playoff series kind of played himself out of it. But you never know. I mean, these teams have a lot of money. If you're a team like Dallas or, you know, I mean, I'm just trying to just think off the top of my head. There's some teams that could throw some money out there. I mean, and people are always like, well, Chris Middleton isn't a max player. Well, was Harrison Barnes a max player? No, but Dallas gave him max money. Was Chandler Parsons a max player? No, but he got max money. That's the thing. If you're a serviceable player, there's so much money in the league. Ever since the TV deal and just, I mean, teams have the cash to throw around. You don't just sit on it. So I think that Middleton's going to get offers. I think Brogdon is going to get offers. And, I mean, it's it's easy to say, hey, which one do you choose? But what if neither want to come back? That's why I'm not I, – I, the, the the ceiling is, is pretty high. The future looks good for the Bucs, right? You got Giannis, who – he's going to be the best player in the NBA. But who are you going to pair with him? If Middleton does walk, if Brogdon does walk, if you don't hold on to him, you don't keep him, then who are you going to pair with Giannis? Because, I mean, I'm already seeing it from – there's stories already coming up about Giannis's future. ESPN has something that I just uh, retweeted, and it's like a finals run next year could, you know, lock him up here in Milwaukee forever. And I don't even want to think about that, but at the same time, it's like you better put together a team that could make a run next year, or we might have to worry about things like that. And the final thought I had on Jim's call there before we keep it moving, he mentioned that these guys, this was their first go of it, right? Playoff mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. They were in a Game 7 elimination playoff game last year. Yeah. 
That's that's not at this at this point when you got this far. I, that's not something you can hang your hat on because you know who else didn't have playoff success at this level and then they just went and did it? Steph and Clay and Draymond and the Golden State Warriors. LeBron James took his team to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2007, four years into the league, and then to the NBA Finals where they lost to the Spurs. The examples are countless of teams and players who are good and then can't hit that next gear come the postseason. Giannis, I think, is in that group of guys who can hit the next level because yeah. honestly... When you look at what his teammates around him were giving him mm-hmm. in terms of giving the Raptors an opportunity to collapse on the man, at this point, Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, they've had a chance. This isn't their first rodeo. Yeah, They had how many games this year? They had how, not so much Brogdon, but Middleton had how many games last year? Mm-hmm. Middleton's not getting any younger. Giannis is 24. Middleton, he's still young, but Middleton is not... and I. I think Middleton, Yeah, and I might get some heat for this, in the totality of his game, Middleton is probably a better all-around basketball player than Klay Thompson. But Klay Thompson has ice water in his veins at times, and he has the ability to create his own shot anywhere on the floor and to play seamlessly off of the other people on the court. The, the problem at this I... point, everybody on this roster not named Giannis Antetokounmpo has had an opportunity to prove if they can do it. They can't. Yeah. They can't. I'm not saying they won't ever someday, but I don't know how large the sample size needs to get. This isn't a team's first go or a second go. That's see, that's that's where I disagree with. I mean, I'm agreeing with you on that. I'm going to disagree with Jim. Is that this team isn't that young? Your superstar is young. He's only 24 years old. But Chris Middleton's not that young. Brooke Lopez is not young. Eric Bledsoe is not young. Malcolm Brogdon Brogdon is an old rookie. Ilya Sova, playoff experience. George Hill, old. I mean, he's going to be gone, but. Miritich you brought in, veteran. So that, that that's my thing is you got guys. I mean, you couldn't get I hate to be, you couldn't get Boston get past Boston last year in a seven game series without Kyrie Irving, without Gordon Hayward. You made the coaching change. That's why I did like the Golden State example because that's kind of what happened to Golden State. Is it was all homegrown talent that originally won them the title before he went out and got Durant. It was Clay Thompson, it was Steph Curry, and it was Draymond. That was your core right there. And you saw what you had. But the front office didn't believe in Mark Jackson. So you made the coaching change. You went out, you got Steve Kerr. And that's kind of what the Bucks did. I mean, you had the pieces. We saw that even in the Boston series, even in the seven-game loss, you know, you saw that the pieces were there. Middleton had a great series. Giannis was on his way to becoming an MVP candidate. But you just couldn't get past Boston. You couldn't get past Brad Stevens. He ate Joe Prunty's lunch in the playoffs last year. So you get yourself a head coach in Mike Budenholzer, who's a great head coach, a great regular season head coach. The only knock on him is he fails to make adjustments at times, and he's set in his ways. But he's a great coach. And so you you just didn't get past the hump. So next year, I mean, do you bring this core back? If you can, I'd go into the luxury tax and bring everybody back if you can. If you can't bring in Kemba Walker, if you can't bring in Klay Thompson, that's the only thing I'll disagree. I think Klay Thompson's top five in the league. I think he gets a bad run just because he has to be like the defensive stopper and doesn't get to concentrate on his offensive game. I would do anything to bring Clank Thompson here. But he's not leaving Golden State. They're going to lock him and Clay up. That's where the money is, the Splash Brothers. Durant will leave, but they're going to lock Clay up. And even if Clay leaves Golden State, he's staying on the West Coast. He's a West Coast guy. So that's what scares me is just pairing Giannis up with another superstar. 414-799-1250. Let's go to the south side. Mike, you're on the fan. Oh, I was dozing off there. I was waiting for you guys. To... Okay, uh, first of all, congratulations to Toronto and the Drake Tours. Hey, where's Sparky? Uh, no idea. 
Yeah, two two games in a row. Hmm. Okay. Uh, out played, out coached, out hustled, out cheered, out scored, out of the playoffs. I think they're one player away. I know people might laugh at me. Russell Westbrook. I know he's a ball hog. Yeah. But isn't he? Isn't he a free agent? No. No. They oh. locked. They locked him up. Right after Durant left. Yeah, he's not leaving Oklahoma City. Him and Paul George are under contract for a long time. Yeah, I I, I like the guy, but, you know, the ego is a lot lot out there. And uh, Warriors in five, and thanks for taking the call. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And um, Mike calls into every show on this station. Kind of like this next guy, KJ in West Dallas. You're on the fan. What's happening, bud? Hey, man, I don't know whether I'm more heartbroken or pissed off at this point. I guess that's debatable that's a good way uh, of putting it you know uh look the uh the bucks got out coached uh by nick nurse from game three on they didn't make the adjustments on defense um they were very stagnant in the half court uh middleton disappeared mia in the last i don't know how many three games maybe yeah uh and i, I just uh i just have so many questions about bringing that guy back you know you're looking at uh the fact that basically the bucks got beat by a one-legged man who was the best player in this series probably the best two-way player in the nba right now Kawhi leonard and a one-handed uh player kyle lowry and got murdered in the last two games by van vliet out on the three-point line i mean he was just scorching them Mm -hmm. and they they had no answer for Kawhi, that that was a big thing. It, it came down to uh, the coaching adjustments, and Bud didn't make those. Uh, you can't have Lopez out on the three-point line trying to watch Kawhi Leonard. That doesn't work. And uh, they never made that adjustment. And, and uh, you know, you, you never made an adjustment for uh, Giannis uh, dribbling down the middle, being collapsed on, and uh, – and of course, you know, once he uh, got the ball out into the corners, they weren't making shots. They weren't hitting the three pointers, and they they lived the whole year on that plug and play from the bench. Bench was pretty good tonight, but uh, it really hurt them in the last several games. Uh, you know, you, you didn't have those guys that could come in. Either they were a liability on defense, uh, the guys off the bench, or they weren't hitting shots. One or the other, or both. So, I mean, it's just it's, it's horrible the way this ended, this year ended. And, uh, I mean, if, if they let Middleton walk, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be uh, uh, unhappy about that at all. I would love to see Kemba Walker come to Milwaukee next year and do whatever they can to get him. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Thanks, KJ. Thank you, Appreciate KJ. it. I'd love Kemba Walker, too, but the problem is now you locked up Bledsoe. And you could play Bledsoe off the ball, I guess. I mean, they did it at Kentucky with John Wall. I mean, that's a college game once again, but you played John Wall at the point and you ran Bledsoe off the ball. I mean, you're pretty much playing Bledsoe off the ball anyway with Giannis as your primary ball handler when the game's actually matters anyway. KJ makes a great point, man, though. Kyle Lowry, 6 of 10 from the floor, and Van Vliet goes 5 of 6 and 4 of 5 from 3 after just, I mean, the last three games he's been lights out. We laughed. We laughed when we had the guy from Canada came in on Chuck and Winkler's show, which you could catch 6 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday, and he came in and he says, well, we have the better bench. And we were like, are you kidding? You guys are going 7 and 8 deep, the better bench. And the Raptors bench after game two outplayed the Bucks.
and that was the difference in this series. Kawhi was great, but it was the role players that stepped up. Even Siakam tonight, 18 points, you know, just four boards, but 7 to 17 from the floor, but he was just there when it mattered. He made winning basketball plays. And even when Kyle Lowry struggles from the floor, he just makes winning basketball plays. He dives for loose balls. He gets every he gets way too many calls. Kyle Lowry gets the gets a more favorable whistle than Giannis, which is just ridiculous. Oh, uh, we hit up Twitter. Got a lot of people tweeting us in. At 105.7 FM, the fan. Why didn't Coach Bud? Why didn't Bud coach his team once he realized his coaching is not working? That's what Atlanta didn't want anymore. That one came from Made Man. So I'm going to go, a lot of this is coming at Coach Bud. When when you look at it, though, Coach Bud tonight, I, I, I think he shortened up the rotations. He kind of did make a couple adjustments. You look at the first quarter, okay, so when you come in with the game plan, you outscore the Raptors 31-18. We're all happy. It looks like we're going to game seven. You get outscored 25-19 in the second quarter, and then you make the halftime adjustment. I, can't, I don't think we could really blame it on Bud. I mean, you could say the offense, they weren't running any sets towards the end of the game, but you just didn't have anybody that could get you a bucket besides Giannis, and that was the problem. You don't have anybody that could create their own shot. Chris Middleton just can't do it. Bledsoe's on the bench. I mean, Lopez was great in the fourth quarter, but when you're running your offense through Brooke Lopez... And in addition to not having anybody that could get their own shot to go, they also didn't have anybody that could box out on the block and secure a rebound, and they didn't have anybody that could force... I got to take a bad shot. They were just, they were an absolute sieve on the defensive end late in the fourth quarter. And I remember, Ryan, we were sitting here in the studio and we see Kawhi Leonard come off the court for a significant amount of time as the Raptors are playing bad basketball in the first quarter. And we kind of looked at each other and it was a mutual understanding of more than likely that's going to come back to bite the Bucks. And as it turned out, Kawhi Leonard, yeah, he did take over in a lot of ways. But you were getting beat not just by Kawhi Leonard in the fourth quarter. You got beat by Marcus Saul and Pascal Siakam yeah. and Fred Van Vliet. It was way, 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 way bigger than one guy taking over a game. You had a complete team collapse where anybody on the Raptors was able to have their way if they wanted it. Thomas tweets in at 105.7 FM. The fan says, I think it'll be a long, long time before they reach the Eastern Conference Finals. We, we can't say that. I mean... There's the concern, because it's it's not easy to get back. You know what was a heartbreaking moment, just kind of jumping sports really quick, is the Seattle loss in the uh, NFC Championship, the one that we just will never get over. And I remember I was listening to the postgame show and listening to the locker room reaction after the game, and I can't remember if it was Josh Sitton or TJ Lang. It was one of the two. And they said, this one hurts because you just never know. It's so hard to have a season like we had this year. Everybody stayed healthy. Everything went our way, and it's just so hard to get back. And, you know, it's a little bit easier in the NBA, I think, than in the NFL and in baseball and Major League Baseball. I think it is easier for the Bucks to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals because you have a, the top player in the Eastern Conference. That's if the not thing. Two the reasons. There's five guys you have to count on instead of 22 or 25, right? realistically, because in a Major League Baseball game, you're going to have to go into the bullpen. You're going to have to bring guys off the bench, at least in the National League, to pinch hit. Yeah. And in the NFL, there's just so many players, there's so many individual plays that can go wrong. And like you said, in the NBA, I just... A guy could take over a game. That's one the guy can like, take over a game because there's only five guys for any given side on the court right? at one time. So it is a lot easier to get back. And on top of that, you get seven tries in each round to keep it going. Yeah. 
But, and that's the thing, you know, Christian Yelich can't step up to the plate and just homer when he wants, but Giannis could get to the bucket and get to the charity stripe when he wants. The problem is just who's he going to be playing with? Like, there's a lot of question marks going into this offseason, and I mean, we could talk about that, 414-799-1250, and even if we do bring back this core, like, is it good enough? And we don't know what's going to happen this offseason. I feel like this NBA offseason is, and it gets crazier every year. We know the NBA drama's the best, the offseason's the best. I feel like this is going to be the craziest offseason we've seen in the last decade. Crazier than when Kevin Durant went to Golden State. Crazier than the decision, the first one where LeBron went to Miami. We don't know what the Eastern Conference is going to look like. Is Durant going to be in the East? Is Kyrie going to stay in the East? Are they going to go to New York? We have no idea. So it's tough to say that the Bucs will get back. It's tough to say. Well, it's hard to say if the Bucs are going to get back, but one guy who's had our back all season long is our Milwaukee basketball insider, Matt Velasquez. Let's talk to him. This guy's on the inside. After every game, listen to the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show for the latest from JS Online's Matt Velasquez. Brought to you by the law offices of Thomas Marola. This is Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. One hundred to ninety-four. That was the final score at Scotia Bank Arena. One guy that's been there for every final score of the season, and he's been calling us after every game. And yes, I'm aware it's not literally every single game, but trying to give a guy his due work. He's on this Bucks beat like a glove. He's our basketball insider, Matt Velasquez of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JSOnline.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Velasquez. Matt, did I get that right? Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Oh, you got all of that right, 100%. <laughs> Matt, kind of our biggest fears just in the fourth quarter, nobody could nobody could hit a shot, nobody could take that game over. As good as Giannis has been all season, just nobody could take over. You know, Brooke Lopez did his best, finished the game with 18 points, but you get outscored 29-18 to 18 in the fourth quarter. What did you see there? What went wrong for the Bucks there? You know, I, I think, you know, they got a little tight. The shots weren't falling. The Raptors' defense uh, stepped up a little bit more. They had a little bit more aggressive. We're, we're really hounding them, making sure that they weren't getting easy looks like they had been getting earlier in the game, you know. And they just couldn't manufacture a bucket, you know. No matter who was, who had the ball, no matter what they tried, uh, they just couldn't consistently manufacture buckets. And, and if you can't do that in the, in the fourth quarter, um, it doesn't matter how big your lead was, you know, you're you're going to be in a tough spot. And how much do you base that off of just playoff experience? You know, like, like let's take Kawhi, for example. Obviously, he's been there before. He's a, finals, a former Finals MVP. He finishes the game with 27 points. You know, even Kyle Lowry took his bumps and bruises, getting knocked out by LeBron every year, finishes with 17. It just seemed like in the fourth quarter, everybody was hesitant. Everybody was kind of scared to take the shot. I mean, we've seen it from Bledsoe the entire series. Like, he, he didn't really know what he wanted to do offensively. And it seemed like everybody was just kind of passive, except for Giannis and... The way they defended him, he really couldn't get to the basket the way he wanted. So is that kind of what you saw? Just, you know, maybe playoff experience kind of took its toll at the end? Yeah, I mean, the Bucks haven't been here before. Uh, the Raptors have, have not won at this level, but a lot of their guys had been this deep. You know, some of them on other teams had won at this level. Yeah. Uh, and I think that a lot of the, the bugaboos for the Bucks, you know, some of their half-court offense issues, uh, giving up critical offensive rebounds. They're a great defensive rebounding team and have been all year, but just the poor timing of giving up offensive rebounds uh, and those hustle plays late. Um, they they just got kind of overcome by the wave that the Raptors brought at the end, uh, and they could never really you know get back to the surface. 
Matt, we're going to hear some post-game comments coming up later in the program from head coach Mike Budenholzer and Giannis and Chris Middleton. I know you had a chance to uh, experience them at the table at the podium. We were able to see your fine, fresh face courtesy of the flat panel televisions in the studio with the mic in your hand. Um, But did you have a chance to get into the locker room or talk to any guys on the team more so individually? I'm just curious how this team is feeling if they're more maybe angry, dejected, pissed, (laughs) you know, any adjective that could describe the emotions surrounding this team right now. Yeah, I got into the locker room a little bit. Um, you know, for, for scrums, you know, conversations with, uh, with Brooke Lopez uh, and George Hill. Uh, I think in general, you know, guys are, are you know, understandably disappointed you know, the way they wanted to. But, you know, both of those guys, and, and also, you know, you, as you said, you heard Bud and, and Chris and Giannis and all those guys, um, they all kind of mentioned, like, hey, this, they feel like it's the start of something. They feel like this team can, can grow and, and be better from this. Obviously, it's not something that anybody wants to hear or talk about right now. This feels very much like, like the end. Uh, it's definitely the end of this season, um, but they all have kind of a belief that that this could be the start of something. This team um, can grow uh, from this experience. The the big question is, you know, what's this team going to look like, you know, next fall? There are a lot of questions, uh, a lot of free agents, a lot of big decisions to make, um, and there's really, you know, no in, you know perfect indication or exact indication of of what's going to happen next. Um, so you know, they all they also believe that this team can be something. The question is, who's here? Uh, after after the summer. One guy that we know is going to be back is Eric Bledsoe, played 30 minutes tonight, 3-9 and nine from the floor, struggled at times in the series. I mean, he finished with 7 assists, 5 rebounds, so he did do some little things, um, but minus 10 on the floor again tonight, finishes with just 8 points. What did you see from him in this series? It seemed like his confidence was just kind of shook, and then he's on the bench, you know, your season's on the line, fourth quarter of the game, game six, and he's on the bench. Yeah, I mean, it, it, made, it made sense, too. Uh, because he just is a threat to shoot the three. Uh, he was at times in the season. He shot 33% from three. Uh, that's not terrible uh, during the course of the regular season. Um, but the problem is the playoffs, he was slumping. He was hesitant. Uh, he didn't shoot when he was wide open. You know, there was a, a point in time in this game where he, he had a wide open three. He pump faked it and then ended up taking a, a three a few, few seconds later. Um, he just, just really wasn't ready for uh, the, those opportunities on offense. And with the way the Raptors were playing defense, they were sagging off him. They were sagging off Giannis. And if and if those guys aren't going to make you pay from the three-point line, they're also not going to see a ton of space in the paint. And where Giannis can finish at the paint because of his size, you know, Eric, Eric Bledsoe doesn't have that. And so he, he can't do the same things he's done. And in the half court, he's pretty much neutralized. And so the Bucks are going to have to figure out, obviously he, he's about to start, you know, a contract extension uh, next year four years 70 million mm-hmm. uh, obviously that that last year is only partially guaranteed um but you know he starts that next season and they're gonna have to figure out how to use him and how to make sure that in the biggest game of the season you know he's he's not going to be a net negative he's not going to be somebody who can't play at the end of the game matt we're gonna let you run we're way way late for a break we appreciate your hard work as I'm sure all of your followers, readers, everybody does your outstanding work all season long covering this Bucks basketball team for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And we hope to hear from you in the future as well. And there's never really an off season for you, but hopefully maybe now you can just put your feet up for maybe a night. I hope so. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thanks not only for tonight, but for the entire season of outstanding coverage. It's been great talking to you. You bet. That was Matt Velasquez, our Milwaukee basketball insider. Follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Velasquez, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, jsonline.com, 
and he joined us tonight on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019? Look no further. Call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank, providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. As you heard it right there with Matt Velasquez, we are way late for a break. We're going to hit that right here. But right after the break, we're going to get out to you guys on the phones. Bill, Ryan, Craig, Riley, we see you. We know you're there. We appreciate you hanging on. We're going to get to all of you when the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show returns on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Marcus, it seems to me this has been a decent deflection game. What defensive play stood out? Here's the Laborers Local 113 defensive play of the game. The Laborers Local 113 Milwaukee. Feel the power at liuna113.org. This is the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. Presented by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. Anthony Mandela, Ryan Horvat, Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show. Presented by Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. Defensive play of the game highlight. Courtesy of the NBA on TNT. Some pressure here by... By Milwaukee, Siakam going at Hill. Siakam, oh, he is rejected by Adetokounmpo. Boy, help side defense. Trust your teammates, Adetokounmpo. <laughs> there it was, Marv Albert, Chris Weber, Reggie Miller on the call. The block, one of three for Giannis. That tied Brooke Lopez, his teammate, for a game high. The defense, though, ultimately not enough. The Raptors coming out on top 194. They're headed to the NBA Finals. The Milwaukee Bucks are going home. And you guys on hold are going on to the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show. Let's see who's been hanging on the longest here. Riley in Racine, we appreciate you. you waiting as we had to get to our insider, Matt Velasquez, there. But, Riley, we appreciate you hanging on. We appreciate you making the call. What say you as the Bucks lose in Toronto? Oh, my gosh. Thank you for taking my call. I've been waiting a while. I am in Racine outside with my earbuds on, playing ball with my, my court. But anyway, the first thing I want to say now is, one of you guys said that uh, Middleton is on par with or better than Thompson all around, Clay Thompson. Yeah, that was me, and he is a better all-around basketball player oh. than Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson has better aspects of his game, by far more dominant aspects. He's by far a more talented shooter. Chris Middleton is a better defender. Chris Middleton is a better rebounder. Has Chris Middleton ever made an all-defensive NBA team? Actually, Clay keeps getting screwed on that, too. I'm a big Clay guy, so I'm with you, my I mean, brother. I mean, I mean, when, hey, you guys have been doing a wonderful job tonight. I mean, I'm mad. I got some points. But when you said that Middleton was better than Clay Thompson, that had to become my new number one point. I mean, come on. Just stop with that middle. Not, not that he's a better player. He has a better overall in terms of the balance of his game. I understand. I understand. But you understand that Clay Thompson's an amazing defender, right? Oh, yeah. I understand that he's a very good defender. I didn't mean, I mean what I'm saying is Clay Thompson's a better right shooter. There. He's a better on the ball, especially on the perimeter defender. I just mean in terms of trying to find a weakness or a strength in Middleton's game, he's a better all-around basketball player as an individual. Not that he's hey, the not, better player than yeah. Clay Thompson. All right, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I'm not trying to put you on blast, but that is... No, it's all good. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. No, yeah, we are. Okay, so that being said, man, the Bucks should have called it... Budenholzer should have called the timeout. I think the Raptors had gone up four with about four, about four minutes left. Mm-hmm. And we were all in my house, and we're, you know, most of us are just Joe Public fans. We're all screaming timeout. They didn't call a timeout, and there was that real just lack of physical turnover, I think, by Middleton. The Middleton one, yeah. Court. Yeah. Yeah, so that... To me, that's on Coach Bud. 
you know, and I, you know, I'm not down on him. Great system. I am not down on him, but he did not make adjustments at all. I would have put, I would have put Giannis in the post, four out with Giannis in the post. I mean, that that's what I would have done. No, I completely agree with you there. And I mean, you know, well, Thanks for the call, Riley. And Riley, I mean, well, I, I agree with him. And I mean, it hurts, though, when, when your point guard is on the bench in the fourth quarter. You're playing George Hill, and I love George Hill, but I, I agree. Bud got outcoached. And like I said, I was giving Nick Nurse no respect. I was like, you got here because you're Kawhi is pretty much, you're running your entire offense through him. And he outcoached Bud in this series. I hate to say it. And I'm not ragging on Bud. Bud's a great coach, great NBA head coach, top five. But he got out coached once again in the playoffs. You know, there was a time just a couple of years ago, I was listening, you, Ryan, the producer of the Chuck and Winkler Morning Show here on The Fan. There was a time a couple of years ago before I was a part of this station, I was listening to that show, and people were calling in that Jason Kidd was a great coach. Right. We can all agree that Mike Budenholzer is a substantially better basketball coach than Jason Kidd. If he's great yet, that remains to be seen, I think. But he's certainly got the potential and certainly certainly shown the flashes and comes from the right pedigree of coaching to one day put himself in that conversation. 414-799-1250. We keep knocking you down as you punch it up. Bill in Menominee Falls. You're on the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show. Hey, guys. I appreciate you taking my call. Um, just want to make some few comments and want you guys to respond to some of those comments, one of which is you make your free throws, you have a game seven. Yep. You don't lose one of the four, irregardless. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to fault management for what they brought in, other than the Paul Gasol and Christian Wood move. I think Christian Wood in the future would have brought more to the team than Paul Gasol brought Agreed. this year. But um, I don't think that really is a factor on this series. Yeah. If you look at what happened this series, Toronto got hot. They were on fire, mm-hmm. almost like you look at what happened with Los Angeles and the Brewers last year. Los Angeles got hot. Brewers were not hot. Um, so um, with that aspect, uh, what do we do 2019-2020? Who do we resign? Who, who, who do we get rid of? Do we bring in Miritich back at you know 12.5 million plus? I mean... No. We're already talking Middleton at thirteen million right now. Is you know, I mean, my question is, who do we keep? Who do we get? I'd bring in. I personally would bring back Brogdon mm-hmm. and um, Lopez. I like Lopez's attitude on the court. He can stretch the, stretch the court when he's hot. I mean, yeah, he got cold, but throughout the season, I mean, he did stretch the court a little bit. Middleton is not clutch. I. Well, I would bring in Clay Thompson versus Middleton personally. Well, yeah, me too. I mean, that's I, a I top five player in the league, though. But the problem is, how are you getting Clay Thompson to come move to Milwaukee? Because Clay Thompson loves the West Coast. He loves Instagram models. Right. He loves Golden State. And if he leaves Golden State, he's going to he Los Angeles. Winning championships too. And as long as he's but there, they're going to keep winning them. We have an X factor that a lot of teams don't have called Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> no, that's true. I, I mean, you got a lot of. A lot of good players out there that may want to, like they did in Golden State, like they did back in the old Miami days and such. You have a player here that's MVP quality. He's only 24 years old. We now have an opportunity to bring in some of these and structure their salaries so it's beneficial for the team. 
I appreciate the uh, phone call. Completely agree thank you, with you. Thank you, Bill, for the uh, phone call. Completely agree I'll, with I'll, that. I'll put it this way. Um, looking down this roster right now, uh, Eric Bledsoe, we don't have an option now. Um, but every player, I'm looking at the box score right in front of my eyes. Every player not named Giannis, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, they could go. I'm not saying, and what I'm not saying, I'm not saying blow it up. What right, I'm, but what no I'm saying is, yeah. no, yeah, nobody proved that they absolutely need to be back. My priority number one is not figuring out, oh, well, do you bring Middleton and Brogdon or Lopez and Brogdon or Middleton and Miritich? Giannis Antetokounmpo has one year left on his current deal. He's lined up right now to be the highest paid player in the history of the NBA. Get that guy locked up, then figure out the rest. I completely agree with that. And I I keep making this comparison with this Bucks team and with Giannis to, and it's probably getting a little tiresome, but this reminds me of the same situation when the Chicago Bulls fired Vinny Del Negro and they hired Tom Thibodeau. Because you had Derrick Rose, you drafted Derrick Rose, and you hit the lottery. You got lucky, and you hit the lottery. You had no shot at getting the number one pick, and that's what Chicago did. They had Luol Deng, they had Joe Kim Noah, a bunch of homegrown players, and they put together a 60-win season. It looked like they were going to go to the finals. They won game one, they, and it was the year that uh, LeBron joined up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. They won game one by like 20 points. They smoked them. Then they lost the next four, and they lost in five. Because Derrick Rose, as good as he was, he was the MVP of that league, but he could not create his own shot at the end of the game because he did not have a jump shot. And what Miami did was they put the big wing defender on him, whether it was, you know, and they switched to times, but it was mostly LeBron at the end of the game, and they shut Derrick Rose down. That's what Toronto did, just in a different way in this series against Milwaukee. They made Giannis, you know, decide, do you want to beat us by shooting a jump shot? They boxed him away from the basket. They hacked them, they were physical with them, and they took the game away, and nobody could knock down shots. That's what happened to that Chicago Bulls team. And the comparisons are just crazy because it was the same year, the next year after they couldn't get past Miami, Carmelo Anthony was a free agent. He was set to make a bunch of money. And Derrick Rose said, no, man, I'm my own man. I don't want to go out and recruit. That's kind of what Giannis does, and that's what I love because I hate this buddy-buddy crap in the NBA. I don't want to see LeBron and Paul George high-fiving each other when they're competing against each other. So that's why I love Giannis. I loved Jordan. That's what I love made Kobe. the Magic Bird era, the gold. Well, not the golden age, but probably the most entertaining age of NBA basketball and the era the of teams. NBA basketball that brought it to the levels that it is now in terms of the American fandom. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Ryan in Racine, you're on the fan. Hey, couple quick points. First of all, I think we definitely have to bring back Brogdon. Yeah, one of those guys that can get to the hoop whenever you want, mm-hmm. and he can score. Um. Definitely let Middleton walk. He's not shooting great, and I think you need to find a guy like Thompson who's just consistent. He come off the bench even and just hit shots. Um, let Miritich walk. I mean, going one for eight and stuff like that, not going to cut it. And my last point, um, I think this playoff experience is definitely going to help them in the next years going into the fourth quarter knowing what they need to do and, and putting up buckets. Gotcha. Thanks for the call, Ryan. The only uh, two things there real quick on Ryan before we get to the next call. Um, a guy like Clay Thompson or Clay, Co- Clay Thompson? Because there's only one of those guys and there's nobody else that's like him. And you're not, not going coming. to get him. He's not coming. The other thing is that if you do happen to find the guy that's like Clay Thompson mm-hmm. and you bring back Brogdon, then you're prioritizing guys off the bench 
and you still have a big hole at the wing, and you have a big hole at center. Yeah, and don't tweet me with the Kemba Walker stuff anymore because you're not getting Kemba Walker because he just made himself a bunch of money by beating out Clay Thompson, getting himself on the All-NBA team. So you're not paying two guys super max unless you want Giannis to walk. But real quick, going back to my comparison about that Derrick Rose Bulls team is that that's just, and you know, you lose to LeBron in the Heat, and you're like, oh, they'll be back, man. Derrick Rose is the youngest MVP in league history. Tears his ACL, and I'm not talking anything crazy with injuries or anything, but you just never know. And the problem is, is you need two to three superstars. You need to be that Miami Heat team with Chris Bosh, LeBron James, and Dwayne Wade. Because next year, if Kevin Durant goes to New York and Kyrie Irving goes to New York, they have two superstars. And in Milwaukee, you have one. The other thing is we got to stop saying let's let Middleton walk because Middleton has never came out and said, I want max money. His agents never came out and said he wants max money. We all just assume that because he played so because he's an all-star for the first time in his career. And because he was so good against Boston in the playoffs last year, he's never came out. So if you could get him on a hometown discount, now I'm not saying that's going to happen. I mean, if he was an all-star. He's probably going to get if his money. If you can, do it. But, I mean, if you could get him on a discount, why are we just letting the guy walk? Because he was really good this year. Let's stop ragging on him. Did he disappear in the playoffs when it mattered most? Yeah. I'm more upset about Eric Bledsoe because you locked him up. And you did not have to do it yet. You did not have to do it. You could have waited. Because what's, what's the knock on Eric Bledsoe? He's a great regular season player. He's always been good in the regular season. You know, last year in Prunty's system and in Kid's system, he was kind of a mess. But he's always been a decent regular season player, a pretty damn good regular season player. But he struggles in the playoffs. I mean, it's a small sample size. But last year, he got outplayed by Terry Rozier. This year, he got outplayed by Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. He got outplayed in the Boston series, too. And... and, and that's the thing is if he's not giving you anything offensively, and he, he did have the seven assists tonight, but just you can't shut down Kyle Lowry. How's he getting open jumpers? Nobody closing out on shooters. It was just laziness in this series. All around, they just looked out of position start to finish in each of the four games that they lost. Craig, on the south side, what do you have for us, Craig? Hello, how you doing? I'm just going to go back to what uh, Gary Wolfel said, your insider, back in February. Anthony Davis who said that he wanted to come to Milwaukee. Basically, they offered Malcolm Brogdon, because Malcolm Brogdon is a restricted free agent this year. So if anybody signs him, the Bucks have to offer to match them. Right. Right. So, and then was it, part of the package was Middleton, that, and the two, three first-rounders in the following years. Well, I know we're short on that, as Gary Wolfson said. He wants to play with Giannis because they have to have a good relationship. Here's the thing. I know people might like my opinion, but it's going to be drop Middleton. What are we getting beat inside all day for? Rebounding, inside presence. You have Anthony Davis with Giannis to inside presence. Drop that. Drop Middleton. Drop Brooke Lopez. Trade Malcolm Brogdon. And that's me, part of the package. And then you have to give up. I the one problem Gary Wolfel was saying was the fact that we don't have a lot of future picks because everything like that. But you can, I mean, that's I think where you have to go. You have to actually go for Anthony Davis. He wants to play here. He only said four teams: New York, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Bucks. It, it was on his list, but. And and I'm with you. I mean, I'll trade half of my family for Anthony Davis, and I'll give up Thanks anything. Thanks for the call, Craig. I'll drop my brother from my family right now if you could bring in Anthony I'll put it Davis. This way. But the problem is Anthony Davis, is, he's going to either be playing with Le- LeBron. He's not coming to Milwaukee. 
He's just he's just not. Here's the thing. There's only one way that you do it, and you have to have kind of like the Raptors took a leap of faith on Kawhi Leonard. They just had to hope that the dude was kind of like the situation Anthony Davis is in. Kawhi, everyone thought, wanted to go play in L.A. He was going to hold out unless he went to L.A. The Raptors had to make a gamble when they made that trade that if they could get the guy to play that he was going to play, mm-hmm. he was going to show up, and he was going to get them to the NBA Finals. That panned out. The Bucks would have to take a similar gamble, and the only way I can see it working is a sign-in trade yeah. in which well, in which all players are signed, Middleton, Brogdon, Picks, Davis. Right, and so that's why I got excited, and that's, and that's a good example right there. Another good example is Paul George in Oklahoma City. You know, Oklahoma City took a shot with him, like, okay, we're going to do this deal, and then we're going to try our best to get him to stay in a smaller market playing with a ball-dominant guard like Russell Westbrook, and they hit. And they went on stage together and hugged it out, and they signed Paul George, and he stayed in a smaller market. So that's good for for a smaller market like Milwaukee. Didn't really work out for Oklahoma City in the playoffs because Paul George was brutal, but it's an MVP candidate, and you kept him in a small market. So there is that hope, and right, maybe Toronto kept Kawhi Leonard by making the finals. But I just I don't see Anthony Davis coming to Milwaukee, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I just don't see it happening. I see him playing with LeBron, maybe. I see him playing in a big market. I just I don't see Anthony Davis coming here, unfortunately. And real quick, going back to the Miritich thing, absolutely not am I bringing him back. There's a guy that couldn't find the floor in Game 6 with the season on the line. No way. Bye. Fair enough. That's Ryan Horvat. I'm Anthony Mandela. You are listening to the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show presented by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. We're going to hit a break before we do that. With the season now in the rearview mirror, we check out who was left on the injury report for the Milwaukee Bucks at season's end. It's brought to you by McCormick Law Office, the back injury attorneys, Dante DiVincenzo, the youngest Buck, the first round pick in last year's draft. He ended the season permanently out, heel bursitis for Dante DiVincenzo. And the oldest member of the Bucks, Pau Gasol, also the most recent addition. He played just about 30 total minutes in a Bucks uniform. He underwent surgery, had a foot injury. I don't really think the addition of Pau Gasol was ever intended to really show anything on the court. But those two guys, the only Bucks ending the season on the injury report. And all in all, aside from that stretch of games missed by Brogdon and those week or two missed by Miritich, uh, Snell, uh, I believe, if memory serves me correctly, uh, Sterling Brown might have missed a little bit of time. A um, couple of games here and there. Yeah. This Bucks team overall stayed very, very healthy. And it was a huge part of why they won 60 games. A huge part of why they made it as far as they did in this NBA season. Again, the final score from Toronto. Raptors 100, Bucks 94. Keep it locked. You got the fan. We know you can do that. You're listening to the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. Play had you screaming. Brought to you by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Premium Frozen Products and Craft Pizzas. I'm gonna miss Anthony, the song. Oh, that's Ryan Horvat. Sorry, I'm gonna miss the song too. That's Ryan Horvat. I'm Anthony Mandela. Evan Heffelfinger producing the show on the other side of the glass. And the Buck season is over. They drop their fourth straight game, 194, the final score in favor of the Raptors. The Raptors, what can you say? They beat you. They had to win four games. They had to be the better team in four games, and they were. But it wasn't without its good moments for the Bucks in this one. The screaming play of the game, highlight courtesy of the NBA on TNT. 
Middleton has to chase it. Fires it and hits. Well, he knew that time was running down. And he hits a very difficult three. That's his third three of the night. Marv Albert on the call. That three-point shot from Chris Middleton beating the shot clock. Four for eight from deep was Chris Middleton. Part of a 14-point night. Disappointing performance from the man with 41 minutes in the game. And an NBA All-Star in this 2018-19 season for the Milwaukee Bucks. 414-799-1250. Still to come, we're going to hear from Giannis and Chris postgame as well as head coach Mike Budenholzer. But right now, we're going to hear from Dwayne on the north side. Dwayne, you dialed 414-799-1250. We appreciate it. What say you? Oh, this is Ram. Oh, why does it say Dwayne? I don't know. I'm a caller, too. Wow. Anyway, um, I've been saying this all along. Y'all doing a good job with your show tonight. Appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, you're doing a good job. But uh, going back to your comparison, we need to get something straight. Middleton is not on Clay Thompson's level. No. Just, 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 we don't even want to put it in. I would think it's, it's blasphemy to even put his name next to him. You're talking about a guy who has scored 37 points in one quarter, has two 60-point games and 10 50-point games, and highest Middleton's ever scored is 41 points. And he's been in the league seven years. So he has a lot of work to do to even be considered. And I'm going to say this, and I might make a lot of Twitter people upset. If Budenholzer wasn't the coach, Middleton wouldn't have been an all-star. If the Bucks didn't have the best record in the NBA, I think a lot of us can agree. It was almost a courtesy all-star appearance for right, Chris Middleton. Courtesy, and most, most people, if you watch Twitter among NBA stars in the league, they knew that was up because you can't tell me that Jimmy Butler wasn't having a better season. But among his peers, was Middleton not rated the most underrated player in the NBA well, in, the, in that poll? But we talking about ballers, though, man. We right, right. Ballers. No, I mean I'm with you. I'll take Jimmy Butler over Chris yeah, Middleton not, as well. I'm I don't even like Jimmy to, Butler. I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm not trying to. You know, pee on uh, his, his parade anything. But he needs to get in that gym and get better. Oh yeah. I mean, you seen Clay? He come off off a screen, and, and his mechanics are better. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I want to say about the Bucks. They're good in transition, but you talking about in the playoffs, you got to be able to shoot like Kawhi. You got to be able to get a shot, contested off the screen, all that. You got to get buckets, and that's what we had missing. But I'll say this: I agree with with the last caller. I think we need a three-team trade, and I I would package Bledsoe and Middleton for Anthony Davis. Well, I don't know who's going to be for Anthony Davis. Well, I mean, you talking about you need these. Okay, this is my formula. I think you need a big three. Mm-hmm. You need at least three players that can get you 65 to 70 points. No, I agree. Nightly. Yeah. Nightly. That, that's why they came with the big three concept. So when we look right now, we just got one person that's consistent with that 25, and then everything else is by committee, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, but Budenholzer took what he had and made the best out of it. And, and most of us didn't see the bus going this far. I didn't. I mean, so they, they've had a fabulous season. Wouldn't you agree? No, I completely agree. And the one thing that you have said throughout the season, Ram, and I know that you have your uh, haters, as we all do, but you've always said, though, you need two to three guys that could get you a bucket in the fourth quarter. That's what I've been saying this entire series, too, and it proved. Like, it was our worst fear. It was my worst fear that in the fourth quarter, nobody was going to be able to take over a game. And that's what we saw. So I'm with you on Middleton. I mean, I'm not paying him the max. Uh, I'm more disappointed in Bledsoe, though. I mean, you... You just wrap this guy up, right? You right. extend him, and you can't play him in the fourth quarter against Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. Like he's not matching up against Kyrie Irving. He's on the he's on the bench in the fourth quarter or in Game Steph Six or Clay to Rams point. Check check this out. You know with Bledsoe the Lowry matchup on points. 
mm-hmm. is 117 to, to 58. Yeah. Okay, now I, I did. I added it up myself. 117 to 58. Because, you know, Lowry had that jump out game. And what I didn't understand, guys, was like, why was people putting Lowry down like he can't ball? I didn't get that. And he, now his thumb was messed up. That's one reason why, you know, he been he know he had some games because you know his thumb was was but obviously throughout this series his thumb got a lot better. Other than that, I mean, I seen him put up performances then. Right. Anyway, man, y'all keep on doing a good job, and uh, hope we see what happens in uh, free agency, and uh, we we can make another progression to get better, and make us the finals next year. Appreciate it, man. Ram, thanks for the call. Thanks for calling all season long. Good stuff, uh, always from Ram. 414-799-1250 still coming up. Head coach Mike Budenholzer. Going to hear from Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton as well. Their post-game and essentially post-season comments as the Bucks are going home following their Game 6 loss tonight. One more call in before we hear from them. It's Jeff in Milwaukee. You're on the fan. Yeah, but, um, I like to talk about Bledsoe. Um, I know you guys keep saying that you don't think they could trade him well. Who, who's taking Bledsoe in a trade after he sat in the fourth quarter? Well, let's put it this way. Yeah. There's 30 teams out there, right? And in the offseason, somebody might be looking for a uh, second guard. The guy's locked up for four years, what, $22, 23000000 million? It's a good price. You know, and so you might just take him. I would take anything for the guy. Right and, now, just to dump his salary. But what team? Okay, what team wants think, a what team wants a point guard that can't play in the fourth quarter? Because I mean, Damian Lillard struggled in the Western Conference Finals, and if I'm making a trade, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at Kemba Walker. I'm looking at uh, Russell and Brooklyn's better than Bledsoe. So I, I you know, disagree. I don't. I don't. I can't think of one team out there that would take on that deal. Well, you never know. Injury might come along. Yeah, it maybe. Be, so you're looking. You're always thinking the think, but I hope they're not blind because I think this guy's just a poison on the team. I think what are you going to look for a playoffs next year? What are you you going to sign George Hill then? Because next year they're going to playoffs. They're going to start George Hill because they start Blitzel. You can see the same stuff with Blitzel. Blitzel's no rookie, you know. Mm-hmm. He's a veteran, right? So that veteran this year, this this year, he, he contributes practically nothing. Yeah, I just think so, they jumped the gun on 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 bringing well, him back. They jumped the gun, but I would take anything for the guy now. <laughs> thanks for the call, Jeff. I uh, yeah, man, and I and I feel terrible saying that, but. You, I feel more comfortable with George Hill on the floor than I do with Eric Bledsoe. I said that when they made the trade. I said, George Hill's going to win you some playoff games. I I did the post-game show the night after. And I said, George Hill will win you some playoff games because he's always, I mean, he's a great veteran off the bench, and he's played in great systems. He knows Budenholzer's system because he, and he played under Greg Popovich. It's kind of crazy that George Hill's been on so many damn teams because he's such a solid player, but I just trust him. And Bledsoe did take care of the ball. I mean, he turned the ball over only two times, a 7-2 to two ratio, seven assists, two turnovers, but... I just, I don't, you just wrapped up a guy that you can't play in the fourth quarter in game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. I just, I find that ridiculous. One guy you can play, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo. We're going to go inside the Bucks locker room right now. We're heading into the Bucks locker room to hear what the players saw on the court. Sponsored by Precision Sports. Specializing in the delivery, installation, removal, and repair of basketball hoops, exercise equipment, game tables, and backyard playgrounds. Go to PrecisionSportsOnline.com. 194 of the Bucks fall in Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Giannis Antetokounmpo at Team Best, 21 points, 11 rebounds. The Robin to his Batman, so to speak. Chris Middleton, 14 points, a Team Best, 4 Three-pointers made. He was four of eight from beyond the arc. 
Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, the guys that met with Coach Budenholzer when he was on his recruiting trip to Milwaukee, they sat before the assembled media outside Scotiabank Arena in Toronto following tonight's loss. Here is what the Bucks All-Stars had to say. Came uh, Pittman with the pick and roll, Giannis. Obviously, the uh, the 26-3 run was the key stretch in this game. Uh, what were you guys struggling with offensively? I mean, obviously, they were in a roll uh, scoring the ball, but what was the struggle for you guys in trying to get uh, good shots? Uh, you know, obviously, we were uh, playing uh, real well you know, in the half and, uh, and in the third quarter. Uh, we know uh, Toronto is a great team. They're gonna make, they're gonna make runs, uh, but you know, as a team, we just try to stay focused and um, try to move the ball, trust one another, execute, and uh, we knew that we knew that we we're gonna make a run. But um, you know, obviously, wasn't able to rebound the ball and uh, run transition, get the easy points. Um, so that's why we lost the lead. Yanis, uh, uh, over here on your right. Steve Ashburner, NBA.com. Last year, after your last game, you said that you felt you were the best player, but it was clear that the defense, uh, the game plan was to stop you. I said that last year? Yes, you did. I don't remember that. To be honest with you, I don't remember that, but continue. Okay. The fact that we saw pretty much a similar situation, at least you believe you're the best player or near the best player on the floor, but the game plan is to stop you. What has to change for you? What has to change for your team to make that fail? Um, I don't think anything got to change. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we trust one another. Uh, and, to, you know, uh, the game plan was to double-team me, um, you know, make me not get a rhythm. But what I did was to trust my teammate, and uh, that's what I've been doing all year. And, if it's uh, for us to lose by doing that, by trusting one another, by moving the ball, and uh, by doing what we'll be doing all year, you know, trusting our habits, uh, it's okay. Um, but at the end of the day, I just, I just try, try to stay aggressive, try to make the right play. That's what I'll be doing all year. That's what I try to do tonight. Over here, uh, Dennis Krause, Spectrum News 1, Wisconsin. For both of you guys, start with Chris. Um, the steps that this team made this season, and I know it's hard with the emotions raw, but right now, can you kind of take a look at, at what this team accomplished? Yeah, I mean, I think we had a great year. Um, 16 wins, one of the best te teams in NBA history. Um, we got past the first round, what we struggled with for a long time, and just fell short of our goals. Um, we were right there. So, I don't know, I think it was a great season, but still fell, fell, fell short. Athletic, uh, Giannis, uh, I'm curious for you, uh, what do you end up taking from this series? Uh, man, um, obviously when you're up 2-0, that doesn't mean nothing. Um, you got to learn how to come out and close out games, uh, especially after game three. Uh, we got to get better as a team and we got to get better individually. I think it's uh, just the start of a long journey. and. Um, we're going to get better, and we're going to come back next year and uh, believe in who we are, believe in um, what we've built this year, and hopefully we can be in the same situation and uh, be the ones moving forward. Guys, Greg Batsik, WTMJ, and to your left, Giannis and Chris. Uh, first of all, thank you for all your time throughout the entire season. Chris, what's this next month and a half-ish like for you? Obviously, you're leaving a locker room tonight, and that locker room won't look the same next year at this time. 
What's this process going to be like for you? Take some time off, spend some time with my family, um, get healthy, and start training. I mean, that's really what the first month is really about. Uh, Matt Velasquez, <coughs> Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Giannis, obviously you've played more minutes tonight than you have in regulation at any point this series. Um, pretty much more minutes than you've played throughout the series season as a whole. Just with the first 90 seconds of the fourth quarter going the way they did, were you itching to get off the bench? Did you feel like you needed to be out there more? Uh, you know, obviously, uh, I want to be out there. I want to play. I love playing, but um, and, you know, I trust my coach. You know, I've trust my uh, coach the whole year. Um, the way he's been putting me into the game, the way he is uh, taking me out of the game and making me rest and uh, put, putting me back in the right moments, and uh, that's what I got to do right now. You know, you cannot just uh, start making up things, or um, you cannot just go and tell him, put him back in, uh, especially in a game like this. But it's all about trust, man. Uh, you can never, you can never, uh, you can never lose the trust, especially, you know, in a game like uh, Game Six tonight. But obviously, I want to be, I want to play as much as uh, as I can. I want to be on the court and, uh, you know, help my teammate do whatever it takes. Out there to win. Chris, Mark Schwartz, ESPN. Uh, Coach Bud complimented you on the job you did defensively against Kawhi Leonard. Tough cover. Um, he got 17 rebounds in this game. What was it like to see the force that he was playing with in this game, and how difficult was it to withstand that force? He's a great player. I mean, um, a guy that can score at all levels, guys that can defend many different positions. <laughs> Um, yeah, great, you know, rebounding instincts. He grabbed a couple of loose balls. Um, you know, he's just a great player that willed his team, um, made plays, um, made some tough shots. Just uh, just left him. Great player, though. Uh, this question for Giannis. Uh, Ray Junbao from Tencent. Hey, Giannis, you talked about you want to get better uh, as a player. Do you have any plan this summer to work on so you can to be a better basketball player? Like a work on shooting or anything? If I have any, if I have any plans for this uh, summer, <clears throat> uh, obviously I gotta go back home and uh, spend some time with my family. And um, after that, uh, I'm gonna make sure you know I get in contact with the coach staff and see what we can uh, you know work as a team and uh, how can I get better individually. And um, it's something that I take pride in, you know, getting better in the off season. So hopefully I can uh, work in the right things. Um, you know, listen to my to my coaches and um, what they think I can get better at, and uh, you know, work my butt off and come again back next year and uh, be, just be a better basketball player and a uh, better teammate. Eric named the athletic Giannis. I'm curious when when you look at Kawhi on the other side. He's a guy that's gone through it. He's gone through some losses. He's he's been here in the playoffs before. Do you feel like that was a difference in this series that he had done it before and, and you haven't done it before yet? Yeah, you you can you can tell uh, you can uh, tell from the way he was playing, uh, and not just in this series, in the previous series also, uh, the way he plays, he has so much patience. He knows like he knows what he's going to do. Um, he has confidence in himself, and uh, he has the experience. He's been here before. Uh, he's been to the finals. Uh, multiple times and uh, he played well, played well. He did uh, everything he could uh, to help his team win and uh, 
was a t it was a it was a tough guy to uh, guard for our team. Malika Andrews, ESPN. Uh, for both of you guys, I'm curious. You guys have talked a lot about how um, at this point, you know, sometimes it takes experience. I'm wondering if now that you have some of that experience, if you see more validity to that point, or what you think about that now that you've gone through it. Just about experience. Uh, I mean, probably sit back, um, let this series digest a little bit, um, watch the film, watch the games. You know, uh, like I said, experience, you have to go through some things uh, to get to where you want to go. So hopefully, uh, we learn from this and move on from it. Giannis tracks it down and jams. There's always something unexpected that changes the game. It's going to be crazy, man. Here's tonight's X Factor of the Game. Brought to you by Brian Stratton College Athletics. Offering athletic scholarships in 15 junior college sports. Learn more at bscbobcats.com. You might have heard it toward the end of that interview. Malika Andrews, ESPN, asks a question to Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton. There was a pause. For those of you that did not have the visual, Giannis, when asked that question, got up and walked off the stage. Malika Andrews asking about experience and if that's, you know, something to, I guess, hang your hat on moving forward. Is that a way to kind of sum it up a little bit? Is this experience, is, you know, is there a positive in that? Giannis likes to win. There's nothing good about losing. Nothing good comes from losing. So I'd have to imagine that uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is not happy with that. But I will say this because I know it's going to happen. Um, it's going to be a topic at some point coming up later this week on The Fan. And somebody's going to call and, you know, say, well, whatever, he just lost. What do you expect from, oh, it's not that bad. And it was the same guy that, you know, wanted to crown Cam Newton and everybody else that walked off a stage ever. All I ask is that you be consistent. I think I personally there are certain times where even as a media guy, the fan in me, the human in me thinks that, you know, give these guys a little bit of time. It's a really hard moment. You don't get fired from your job and then have to go on national television and explain why you got fired. Now, this isn't the same thing. You didn't get fired. But I'm just saying there are moments in life that are a little bit harder to keep your composure. What's crazy is, as Malika asks that question and Giannis walks off, I'm wondering if he had seen this this piece, uh, the headline, Bucks Elimination puts focus on Giannis's future in Milwaukee, and then he stormed off, didn't want to answer the question. Middleton kind of looked back like, oh, i got to answer this myself. But I'm guessing that maybe he saw this piece. So I don't know if he knew it was coming out. It was released right after. And that right piece after. was by? Malika Andrews. With the Bucks season ending abruptly, two wins shy of the NBA Finals, a source close to Giannis tells ESPN that a Finals run in 2020 could tip the scales for Giannis to sign with Milwaukee long-term. So I'm sure he probably wasn't very happy since he didn't even have time to get in the locker room, digest. And, I mean, you got you got guys, I mean, Giannis isn't on Twitter, but people in that locker room are on Twitter, and I'm sure that it probably word got back to him. He probably wasn't happy. He didn't even have time to digest the season. And there's already the reports, which we knew were going to come, about Giannis leaving to go to a bigger market or whatever these reports are, are going to be coming out about. So, interesting. X-Factor of the game brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College Bobcat Athletics. Ryan Horvat, what I'm say you? I'm going to have to say um, the X-Factor of the game, well, three-point shooting, 44% for the Raptors, just 35% for the Bucks. They go 12-34. But I'm going to go with the point guard position, Justin Hull. 
Eric Bledsoe, 30 minutes, 8 points only, 7 assists, 5 boards, unable to play in the fourth quarter because he was getting his lunch eaten by Kyle Lowry, who's played 41 minutes, went 6-10 from the floor, 3-4 from the three-point land, had 17 points, and Fred Van Vliet, your backup point guard, also played 34 minutes, and he only missed one shot, went 4-5 from three, and scored 14 points. So Eric Bledsoe outplayed the X factor of the game, the point guards for uh, the Raptors, the backcourt. 414-799-1250. If you still want to get on here, the final few minutes still remaining on the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show. Coming up next, though, you just heard from Giannis and Chris. It's time to hear from the man on the sideline. Head coach Mike Budenholzer is next on 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. Let's get tonight's wrench and go drive of the game. Need auto parts? Wrench and go is a self-service yard. Bring your own tools and access the lowest priced auto parts around. This is the only station Bucks fans need. 105.7 FM, The Fan. Anthony Mandela with you along with Ryan Horvath. Toronto punching their ticket to the NBA Finals. They're going to Move on to lose to the Golden State Warriors. The Milwaukee Bucks headed back to Milwaukee in a long offseason of contemplation. The loss now without some bright moments. The drive of the game. Highlight, courtesy of the NBA on TNT. To tap it out to Middleton. Lopez backing on Lowry. Here's Ibaka over to help. And a foul. It counts. And Lopez will go to the line. And that's why I'm asking. Who wants to- Marv Albert, Chris Weber, Reggie Miller. On the call, that and one from Brooke Lopez breathed momentary life into this Bucks team late in the fourth quarter. Brooke Lopez doing what he could to try to keep this team going for a game seven. It just was too little, and it was too late for the Bucks center. Yeah, I could guarantee that a team will never uh, give up a twenty-six to three run in an Eastern Conference Finals game and end up winning that game. You can't. It's just something you can't do. You can't three points. A twenty-six to three run. Oh, sorry. Go on. It just can't happen. Some of it just based on talent. Some of it's schematic. The man behind the plays that were drawn up, whether they were executed or not is one thing, but they had to be designed. That was done by head coach Mike Budenholzer. Let's hear from him. Let's hear from the head coach. This segment is sponsored by Schneider. For over 80 years, they've been offering great careers with great benefits and more home time. Visit schneiderjobs.com. Or call 1-800-44-PRIDE. This is the only station Bucks fans need. 105.7 FM, The Fan. Just like to start by uh, congratulating Nick Nurse and his staff uh, and the Toronto Raptors and all their players, their organization. Um, congratulations to them. They did a heck of a job. Uh, you know, it's hard to put into words, um, you know, how you feel uh, when a season like this ends. I'll save most of it for the team, but I will uh, I'll say I couldn't be more proud of the way our guys compete, the way they play every night, the way they conduct themselves. Um, this hurts, uh, but uh, what they did in this playoffs uh, tonight against a really good Toronto Raptor team and to get to the conference finals and uh, – the regular season, special season for us. And, we, you know, we feel like we're just getting started. This is the beginning of our journey. And, again, I couldn't be more proud of our team. And I would – I don't know that there will be an opportunity in questions 
Um, I would like to thank John Horst and the front office and the job that they did um, in this setting, in this environment, uh, the roster and uh, everything they did to put together a team that could compete at this level. Um, I couldn't be more thankful and grateful and appreciative of what John Horst, the front office, does, what the ownership does. Um, So I just wanted to say that here in this setting. Matt Velasquez, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. You guys were up 15 late in the third. They go on that 26-3 run. Just what did you sense from your guys during that stretch? Did you sense them tensing up? or what, How would you maybe diagnose the struggles in the half court, too? Uh, I'm not sure I'll go back and watch this game, at least not for a while. Uh, a little bit of both. You know, I felt like we got out in transition. You know, I, I remember one big play. You know, Giannis, Giannis gets it on a, almost a lob and is at the rim and kicks it out, and we miss a wide-open three, and... My guess is there's going to be some situations where we missed open shots and there's going to be some dry possessions where we either don't execute well enough, um, we don't maybe uh, share and pass the ball and play in a crowd. Um, you know, you just, you know, 26 to 3 runs, usually a little bit of everything. Eric, name the athletic. I'm curious, taking a look at the start of that fourth quarter, Giannis is on the bench. When you look back, do you regret maybe not having Giannis out there when, as they go on that run that ties it up real quick? No, I mean, I, I, you know, it's been a big topic, something, you know, lots of questions. I don't, I don't think Giannis playing 44 minutes is the solution. If we can't win with Giannis at, you know, 40, 40 and a half, uh, then Toronto deserves it. You know, at some point he's got to take a break. I think he took a one-minute break in the third quarter, and he took a minute and a half or two minutes. And you know, um, credit to Toronto, and uh, it's an area where we got to be better. Um, you know, Giannis was out there for a lot of uh, a lot of good things, and um, you know, part of whatever it is that didn't go our way. Uh, Kane Pittman with the pick and roll, bud. With 29 seconds left, it's a three-point game. There's a bit of a differential there with the shot clock. Is was that an obvious decision for you to, to let them run the clock out and try and stop, or what's the thought process when you get there? No, gosh, it's right, right, like on that edge. And, uh, you know, we talked a lot about it as a coaching staff and, you know, went into the huddle with the players. And, and I think it was 29.4, 29.6. So, you know, you feel like there's a five-and-a-half, six-second differential. And um, as good as we've been defensively all year to – you know, try and get a stop. You got five seconds, six seconds uh, to come and score, you know, a three-point and tie it up. You know, the debate, uh, do you have more possessions and, and play the free throw game? Um, like I said, it's just right on the edge, 29.6, 5.4 different, 5.6 difference. We went with trying to get a stop. Eric named the athletic. Um, taking a look, you just mentioned a sequence where Giannis has it underneath, kicks it out. You look at 21 points from at the end of the night. Is there some push from you to try to be more aggressive, try to take it to the rack more? Or I guess just kind of how would you view him in these final four games? I thought he was fabulous. You know, I there was, you know, maybe uh, I think the one game, game three, um, you know, when you look at the film and you have conversations with Giannis, that was uh, maybe the only game where, you know, I think the aggressiveness and the force that he needs to play with uh, there was, you know, enough situations where we felt like he could have been more aggressive, more, more forceful. Uh, but, um, you know, five out of six games, I would say, and, and even that one, he was very good. I'm just being critical of Giannis and trying to push him. Uh, he's doing a very, very close to exactly what we need and what we want him to do. 
just late, Matt Velasquez, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, just late in that third quarter with what Kawhi was doing, and then he continued for the rest of the game. Just, just how hard is it to try and slow him down and, and stop him, and, and how much is that has been like a story of this, this whole series for you guys? Well, I mean, you know, he finishes with 27, and I'm not sure how many of them were at the end on a couple of those free throw situations. So um, he's a great player. He made some uh, very, very special plays. Uh, give him a ton of credit, but uh, to your question, I mean, I, I thought the defense overall on him was uh, to be commended. Eric, name the athletic. I think the obvious reaction to this will be, you know, this is a stepping stone for Giannis, that this is, you know, as a great player, you know, you have to go through some losses. But it feels like also this team you guys put together, you just had so many moves that came together. That might also be, you know, who knows, your best chance. Just how do you kind of try to process this in the moment and then also take Giannis through it? Yeah, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, what John Horst in the front office was able to do with, bringing in George Hill and Nico Meritich and uh, obviously Brooke in the summer that uh, the roster that was put together for this season, uh, as the season started going, you started feeling like it was special and could do special things, including advancing past tonight. Um, But it didn't happen. And uh, not for lack of effort from our players, not for lack of effort from the front office or ownership. Um, Sometimes it just doesn't work. It doesn't happen. The other team makes more plays. Uh, But I will say... Giannis is going to get better <laughs> like to to think for us and to be excited about his future at 24 and yeah I mean it's it's just the easy narrative easy easy um, narrative story that this is part of Giannis's stepping but I think the thing that makes Giannis unique and exciting is in our minds we feel like he's going to get a lot better he's at 24 some guys are you know, I don't want to say uh, they are who they are, and some of the great ones at 24 were just, and then they were the same at 30 and 32 and so on and so forth. Giannis, we feel like, has got a lot of room to grow, and I think that's probably um, our entire roster we feel excited about can grow. Uh, just the, the rebounding numbers, they're all in, in your favor, really, when you look at them, but it felt like, again, they just were able to get offensive rebounds in, in key points and it was Kawhi tonight I guess you spoke about it after game five but did you think that uh that was more him making big plays or or what did you see from your guys on that on the the glass I mean uh certainly credit to Kawhi certainly you know uh, Ibaka Gasol um Siakam sometimes again it wasn't the number of rebounds uh, like you said it was uh just the timeliness of them you know, the loose ball foul between Giannis and Ibaka, I, I don't know. It seems like that stuff happens every possession, both teams, and it ends up in a Van Fleet three, um, you know. So I don't know if that goes down as a team offensive rebound or whatever. But those just – there's a few plays where we're coming into the game. We said we had to be better, um, and we just didn't get it done. Eric, last one for Bud. Uh, Eric named the athletic. Can you just talk about Chris in this series? I know obviously he has that 30-point game and then some in the teens. He has Kawhi for large parts of it. Just what did you think of his performance in this series? Yeah, I mean, the thing that stands out to me is defensively the way he took the challenge and embraced, uh, you know, guarding um, Kawhi Leonard in this series. Like it's – if anybody has any doubt of what kind of defender um, and how good he is on that end of the floor – um, hopefully they realized, and doesn't mean that 
Kawhi didn't score, you know, significant number of points, but I feel like he had to work and made everything very difficult. Malcolm the same. Um, and then offensively, you know, I think there were, like you said, there's a 30-point game, there's a 10-assist game, there's a 10-rebound game. Um, at the end of the day, like to me, when I think about Chris in this series, he was just doing anything he could to help us win. Um, and sometimes they put a lot of attention on him, and other guys, uh, you know, got to kind of thrive and, and, and work if he's got that much attention. So um, overall, I couldn't be more proud and more pleased with, you know, the way Chris conducted himself, played, competed. He laid it all on the line. There he is, head coach Mike Budenholzer after tonight's season culminating loss in Toronto. The Bucks hadn't lost three in a row, let alone four in a row all season long. They, well, they achieved that tonight in the, some sense of it. 194 Toronto, the final score from Scotiabank Arena. Take a quick break, put an eye on the enemy, do a little bit of forward thinking, and take the final few calls on the line. That's up next on the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show. Behold our mortal enemy. We're keeping an eye on the enemy. How did the bad guy look tonight? Sponsored by Coach's Pub and Grill on South 13th Street. Stop in today for lunch or dinner and try their fabulous Friday fish fry. Now open, Coach's on Lake Danoon. Pick and Save Pro Hoops post-game show presented by Palermo's Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. I'm Anthony Mandela. Ryan Horvat to my left. Evan Heffelfinger on the other side of the glass producing the program. 194, the Bucks fall. Going to put an eye on the enemy, but first we want to hear from you. Just a couple of minutes left. Carter in Whitefish Bay, you're on the fan. Thanks for calling, Carter. All right. I uh, just want to uh, bring up Chris Middleton and say that he's not deserving of a max contract. Uh, besides the 11, 11 of 15 game, make a tiny run, but they were down big most of the game. He was shot just 30% in the series besides that one game. The streaky shooter uh, didn't have enough good games to prove that he's a max contract player. And the way he plays, it just he just doesn't fit in the offense. Bud wants an offense with positionless offense, and it's hard to do when a player needs ISO opportunities, clear out opportunities. I know Kawhi can do it. Kawhi is a lot better than Chris Middleton, and we have to let him walk. It's unfortunate, but I got you. Appreciate the call, Carter. Um, I'll say this: Is Chris Middleton a max player? No, but you're worth what the market's willing to bear for you. Somebody's going to give that man a max contract, whether it's the Bucks or somebody else. Can't say I agree with it. Yeah, but it's going to happen. Continue to knock him down, Mark in Glendale. What say you? Hey, Mr. Mandela, how are you this evening? I'm doing good. It's been a while since I heard from you, Mark. How you been? I'm doing good. Um, hey, a great season. Um, you can't take anything away. They accomplished. They got out of the first round. They made it to the championship. No small accomplishment. You know, a, a terrific uh, season, uh, season to be proud of. Um, I remember calling, uh, talking to Gary Ellerson in the afternoon, right after LeBron went to Los Angeles. And I said, you know, now there's absolutely the East is wide open. There's no reason in the world for them not to get out of the first round this year. And he said, no, no, no. You know, with, without Jabari Parker, you got to give him a you got to give him a pass. I said, no, Jabari Parker didn't do anything for him when he was here. But I am thoroughly convinced that you know this league is not about the Anthony Davises, the Joel Embiid's. I mean, they're good players, and obviously Giannis is too. I don't think Golden State. I think they can win without Durant. I don't think they could win without Steph Curry. 
what we need, uh, and it's evidence, uh, it finally came to fruition in, in this round. We need, and they're not, I don't know where they're going to find them, but we need a Westbrook, a Harden, a, a, a Kawhi Leonard, a, a, you know, somebody like Damian Lillard, uh, maybe, I don't know, Andrew Wiggins or maybe uh, Devin Booker or John Wall or something. We need a guard, okay, that can handle the ball. I mean, Giannis is uh, handling the ball at the end of the game. He's going in the lane. That's not the We need a guard that can put up, you know, 20-25 consistently every night. And Brogdon and, and Bledsoe are good, but they're not that player. Uh, I don't think they're the ball handler. We need a high-octane, high-scoring guard. And that's what it's going to take, in my opinion, because that's what this league is all about now. That's what it's going to take to get us over the top. I'm interested in uh, what you feel about what I said. And thanks uh, for a great show and a great season. Appreciate it, Mark. Thank you for the kind words, and thank you for calling. Um, can't say I disagree with Mark, Ryan. I agree. They need, they need another they superstar. Need, they need another superstar, and that superstar needs to be a shooter. Yeah, they're one player away. Uh, anytime you get bounced in the Eastern Conference Finals, anytime you lose four straight playoff games... Uh, you're a player away, and we could talk about. Well, we didn't. We didn't expect this team to win 60 games, and I know everybody. You know, you're still going to say it's a successful season. It's your first year under Coach Bud. You went to the Eastern Conference Finals. You won 60 games. You were the best regular season team. But to me, it's a disappointment just because of the way it ended. You lose four straight after taking two in the Eastern Conference Finals. Kawhi Leonard was banged up. He was essentially playing on one leg. Kyle Lowry's got a. He's injured. So I just, you know, you were the better team all season long. So disappointing finish. You're a player away. You need another superstar, a guy that could create his own shot, a guy that could get buckets in the fourth quarter. You need at least two of them. Put it this way, just a little bit of food for thought. Uh, we've been mentioning the names of some guys in upcoming free agency. Clay Thompson's going to be a free agent. Seems like a foregone conclusion that that's a guy you for sure cannot get. There's just no incentive for that man for any amount of money to leave the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Kemba Walker, we've brought up the name of him because, well, He's a shooter. He can shoot. But you just locked up Eric Bledsoe. We talked about Chris Middleton getting the max. If, if he's gone, if it's a foregone conclusion. Chris Middleton's never said anything publicly to that effect. On the same note, we've just assumed it's a foregone conclusion that Kyrie Irving is going to go to the New York Knicks. I understand he's from the area, but how badly do you think Kyrie wants to win? Kyrie? Yeah. I think Kyrie, Kyrie wants Irving. to win, but I think that, well, okay, so I don't know what the hell Kyrie wants, and that he's the most confusing player in NBA history, in my opinion, because, so he was on some really bad Cavs team. They wanted it to work with him, Dion Waiters, never works. You bring LeBron and he wins a title. Kyrie was so damn good in that title run, I mean, he was the closer. And That's then he wanted need. to, quote-unquote, be Irving his own man. is everything that you need. Right, but then he wanted to go be his own man and lead a team, and he proved he well, couldn't do that. if he goes to New York, if we're going to play the, quote-unquote, foregone conclusion game that Kyrie Irving's going to New York, that also includes Kevin Durant going there. Yeah. And he's not his own man in that situation. I think Kyrie Irving needs to accept the fact that if he wants to win basketball games, he's not going to do it by himself. I think... I think every single player in the NBA has has realized that, and it began when LeBron James realized it, and he made the decision to go to Miami and play with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And then they were getting a little bit older, and he went to Cleveland and formed a new big three with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love and essentially traded Andrew Wiggins for, for Kevin Love to bring in another veteran because he doesn't want to play with rookies. I think Kevin Durant realized... I can't win a title with a ball-dominant guard like Russ Westbrook, who doesn't let me run the style of offense that I want. 
And I feel like that's what scares me a little bit about Giannis, to be quite honest, is I feel like everybody realizes you can't win a title on your own. I don't know that anybody will ever win a title on their own. The closest example, I guess, Dirk kind of won one on his own when he beat that big three the first year. I mean, Jason Kidd was pretty good in that series. Um, you know, Tyson Chandler was a rim protector, but there wasn't really a second superstar on that team. I can't think of another. I, I think that that was the end of it, though. I think it's always going to be the big three. I mean, Golden State's going to win it this year. They got three players, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, I just think that that's the way that the league is is heading, or it's that we're there already. You know, where guys can't win on their own. And, uh, yeah. Art, downtown, you have the final say on the Pick and Save Probes postgame show. You're the last caller of the basketball season. What do you have for us, Art? Let's bring it into the next series coming up because you said that uh, Toronto will go to Golden State and lose. Yeah. And your your partner just said that Golden State's going to win this series. Yep. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. The first two games are in Toronto. That's a tough place to play. Defensively, they were outstanding. Um, and you could see how fast momentum can change in this league. We just saw it in this series. And so Toronto comes out, they get the first one, and now you got a series. And so, yeah, Steph Curry played great against Portland. Um, he caught fire. But if you watch Golden State all season long, they're very lacking coming off their bench. Uh, their bench played well this last series. But as I just said, momentum can change at the drop of a hat in this league. So I'm not. I wouldn't be so quick to say that Golden State are, are crowned them the champions just yet. No, I'm going to crown them the champions. Appreciate the call, Art. Um, kind of segues us in there. We're going to do a little bit of forward thinking while we put an eye on the enemy. Forward thinking brought to you by Forward Financial Partners. Moving forward together on the web at ffpwi.com. Um, let's do this. Safe to say the Toronto Raptors are an enemy now. As we put an eye on the enemy. Um, I wish I could hate predictions. the Raptors more. Predictions for the NBA Finals. I How many games and who's winning? I do think, I'll agree with the last caller that, okay, the Raptors have some momentum and they have a top, I think, in my opinion, the top player in the NBA. Maybe right now, 1B next to Kevin Durant. Right now, and Durant, Kevin Durant's not playing. Right now, Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the dance. Yeah, I just, you know, I think the second best team in the league I mean, if you're not going to say Milwaukee was Houston all year, and Houston couldn't get past Golden State. Houston last year, that team was was so good. And maybe if you have Chris Paul for Game 7, you do beat the Warriors. I mean, you had him on the ropes. You had him in your building. You had a double-digit lead going into half, and the Warriors still won that series. And I think that Houston team is way better than this Raptors team. I don't even think it's close. Um, so I'm going to say that Kawhi is good enough to win you maybe one or two games in that series, but Golden State's winning a title. And... I am going to go, so I'll go Warriors in six. I'll say six. I'll get, I think Kawhi Leonard is that damn good that he'll win you two games in that series. I'm going to say Warriors in five, so that's an eye on the enemy and some forward thinking. It's been kind of organically, it's come up as a topic of conversation tonight about who the Bucks might, might not bring back. I know we have some impending free agents, but some forward thinking Ryan Horvat, uh, the most likely player to be back. Most likely to be back uh, I think Lopez. I'm going to go Lopez because I think that he's going to take a discount. I think he really likes it in Milwaukee. I think he really enjoys his on-court interviews with Katie George, who does a great job. I think they got a nice little relationship going on. He likes talking. I think he likes the team. Um, I, I think that he's found himself in a situation, in a system that he loves. And even when, you know, Miritich 
called Paul Gasol when that trade went down. Gasol said, he, you know, Miritich said to him, hey, there's something special happening here, you know. And that's kind of like what's going on in Golden State, why Durant and everybody wanted to go play there, because the basketball moves. So everybody's getting shots. Everybody's getting their touches. It's not just iso ball with James Harden trying to take over a game and not running any offensive sets. So I think people will want to come play in Bud's system. I think Lopez will take a discount, so I think he's the most likely to be back. I don't know about Middleton because let's say New York does strike out on Kevin Durant. Let's say New York strikes out on Kyrie Irving. You don't get to just keep stockpiling this money. It, it doesn't like you don't get to save it forever. You There's no rollover. It. You have to spend it. So I think that if you lose out on two guys like that, you want to sell tickets and you want to be a 45-50 win team, maybe get that 6-5 seed because people in New York want to go back to the playoffs, that maybe Middleton gets a max offer from a team like the Knicks. So I can't guarantee he's back. Brogdon made himself a lot of money in the playoffs, and I think obviously, yeah, you could match the deal, but how much money are you going to match if somebody throws them something ridiculous like $24 million, which I don't know. But So I'm going to say Lopez. Brooke Lopez will be back. Brooke Lopez. Yeah. That's I a, say that's Chris Middleton. Okay. The call, it, it's, a, it's almost a contradictory nature of the calls that are coming in that you need multiple all-stars, you need multiple stars. Chris Middleton's the closest thing you have to it. He's the easiest one you can bring in. Right? Yeah. It's going to cost you maybe the most money, but it's the most realistic opportunity you have to either get or keep an all-star alongside Giannis. And then you still have to go find a third one. But you just can't let that player walk in this situation, I don't think, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. You pull your money, you let all these big money contracts off the bench go, maybe you can clear Snell at some point. But I think that the Bucks have to prioritize Chris Middleton at this point. He's the closest thing you have to a number two or a number three superstar alongside Giannis Antetokounmpo. Our thanks tonight, Evan Heffelfinger producing the show on the other side of the glass. Chuck Freeman. Not getting enough credit. He was bouncing around the great city of Toronto, Canada. I know he's a big fan of Canada, Chuck is. Ryan Horvat. I'm Anthony Mandela. We're in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Our thanks to Stevie. Our thanks to our insider, Matt Velasquez, who joined us as well. Our thanks to all of you for calling in all season through the course of 82 regular season games. And... Help me with my mental math here, Ryan. 15 playoff games? Something like that. Four, five, and six? Not enough. That's 15. We needed five more. Wherever you're listening, 105.7 FM, 1250 AM, or on the radio.com app, we thank you. It was a good buck season. It comes to an end. 194, the final score in Toronto. It's a wrap. Bucks fall. You've been listening to the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show presented by Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.